connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. This is Marguerite Bennett, a writer of DC's Bombshells for Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2017 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me is Brad and James and Zach wearing Batman. Yes, the Batman hat. What's the name of Batman's dad? Thomas. His mom? Martha. What's Superman's mom's name? Martha. Okay. Why did you say that name? (laughs) He passed. He passed. (laughs) What is the name of Batman's son? Damien? Fuck. Fuck. Pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. I've been playing Injustice too. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, like uh, the Thief of Injustice one, but running at sixty frames per second and like way better graphics. So is this one where Batman's insane now? No, uh, I the isn't first he was... already insane? Well, he dresses okay. up like I'm a sorry. bat. More insane than dressing up as a bat. Well, at night. spoilers for the first Injustice. Uh, the Joker tricks Superman into killing Lois Lane and her unborn, their unborn child. How? And then, uh, he, what, I forget what he does. He hits him with some sort of gas. I have to watch oh. the opening. Oh, like fear gas. Yeah. That'd be good. And then he, uh, so then Superman kills Joker. So it's the, it, it's the old like, hey, if, if the villains of one superhero fought a different superhero, all the villains would always yeah. win. Yeah. Like, and so, so uh, <laughs> Superman kills Joker and then he in- instigates basically martial law around the world. And he kills people that commit crimes. Hmm. So it's a really cool dark story, and it makes Superman really interesting. Uh, Wait, and, sorry, say that again. And so Superman is. It makes Superman yeah, really interesting, interesting because he kills people. Like he'll just kill them instead of letting them commit crimes. Okay. And so Batman rallies all the other uh, heroes, and they go through the multiverse to stop Superman. And hmm. this one, I'm, only, I'm not very far in the story. I don't really understand because I have to figure out what character you beat the arcade mode with story is canon i'm not 100 percent sure yeah i'm only like three chapters in but i've been playing all the tutorials and just trying to get better at it and uh it's fun cool and you can modify everybody i'm playing horizon i've put 76 hours into horizon holy shit and i can see it i'm so stupid because i i i want to advance the story but as i'm like running those little green exclamation points come up around i'm like oh let me see what this person needs yeah and it's always just like killing monsters but right still fun. i need three boar heads okay let me go get those <laughs> and then i for a while i wouldn't uh tie uh fast travel i would run to places or ride one of the the mechanical bowls or something yeah and then when i opened up the whole world and i'd have to go five thousand areas it's like one side of the map if you run it it probably takes about an hour <laughs> So I'm like, fuck this. So I started buying a bunch of fast travel and just going all over the place. Um, yeah. But no, the game's great. That's really good. Playing. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's uh, If you guys are looking for comic books, though, Andrew just bought a shitload of, like, a huge collection. And I mean, it's oh, mostly, cool. like, Spider-Mans, 
but also like uh, a, almost a complete run of Fantastic Four and Iron Man. And wow. then he, uh, he had this really cool. So Ghost Riders had like many volumes, and the first one is like seventies Marvel Supernatural. So it's really dorky, and I really want to get this issue. I didn't get it, but I flipped through it, and it's Ghost Rider literally fighting a great white shark. And on the cover, it says, in the tradition of Jaws, it's like sea of blood. And then I asked Andrew, like, how is his head still on fire underwater? <laughs> when when he looks into the eyes, of, when the shark looks into the eyes of Ghost Rider, what does it see? Oh, shit. I don't even know. The right? pendant stare. Yeah. And also, the, but I read it, and uh, the Ghost Rider saved by friendly dolphins. What? 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 Wait! Yep. Why? Why can the Ghost Rider? <laughs> why can the Ghost Rider not beat a shark? All right, I've, I've let's list out month. the re- the ways you can kill a shark. First, poison. Second, no, I'm just kidding. Hellfire. You think it would work? Shark repellent. Shark. Shark repellent. No, that just repels them. It doesn't kill them. Hanging. I see a lot of pictures of sharks hanging. If you spray them with enough repellent, uh, I guess so. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah, Good no, it's it's pretty great, and he hasn't uh, priced them all. Uh, that one has there, so he has two ninety nine and three hundred. Two ninety nine has like a little panel of Venom, mm-hmm. so it's technically his first appearance. And then his first full blown appearance, the one that's really a lot, is three hundred. And this guy said, "Well, how much is it?" <laughs> Andrew said, four hundred dollars." Oh, that's expensive. Not that expensive. That comic is hard to find, and everybody wants it. We'll talk about Venom later. Has Andrew Real. dissolved my hold slot yet? <laughs> I don't know. When's the last time you went? I don't remember. It's more than four months. I don't know. Oh, four I, months isn't so bad. I don't know if Andrew will. Bruce might. Yeah. If, you, if it was like four years. Yeah. It's got like over $100 in comics there that I can't. <laughs> I can't well, how many buy, titles so. do you get a year? I mean, a year, a month. I dropped it down to just uh, the two Ninja Turtle ones and then the Batman. So you have three? So you only so four months yeah. you have. I mean, you have last like, time I was there, the stack was this high. You have like 12 comics in there? Oh, that's. So it's probably this high now. <laughs> Wait. It's pretty bad. How did two books? How is two books this high? It's like the back, listeners can't see, but that's uh, of, eight inches before the last time I was there. Like I don't, I didn't last time I was there. I didn't buy all the books I had. I just bought uh, the ones I could. Yes. So it's uh, even before that. It's all the books that I couldn't get. Gotcha. I know. I got to go yeah. back and go through the Spider Mans. They're not like the highest grade, but when they're amazing Spider Mans, early ones, I can't yeah. afford the highest grades. Right. I could, but I'd be divorced. So, <laughs> so you know, they're lower grades, so I like to fill in my gaps you, with you, them. You emotionally can't afford. Yeah, I mean, it's something like, uh, I, Andrew got, gave me the first appearance of the Green Goblin for like 110 bucks. Yeah. But it's missing like the Spider-Man logo and the letter page. Someone cut it out. Aww. So technically not a complete book, yeah. but it doesn't affect the story and it's in the very back. Yeah. And so like 100 bucks, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. It's the first appearance of the Green Goblin. How many people have that issue? Right. Uh, not a lot. Yeah. A number. Yeah. That's not huge. Maybe Spider-Man 14. I don't have it. But Ryan does. I do. I mean, I do now because I stole it during Ryan's move. Ah, okay. But it's all right. I, they did, he did have the first appearance of Shocker, and when he prices it, I might get it for you. Because I don't think it's a very high-quality one, but he's still, like, blasting, like, pillars. Oh, I guarantee you it's not a very high-quality one. It's the first appearance of the Shocker. <laughs> well, it's well, it's Amazing Spider-Man 42, though, or 47. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty early issue, so it's still, even in... I think, like, not very good. It's still like an $80 book. Mm-hmm. I read it once. It's in the essentials. It is. But I think so. Near Mint, I have one in Near Mint. I think I paid like 80 bucks for it. Oh, wow. So, I mean, and then yeah. he shows up later and he's blasting his own face, shattering it, shattered wow. by the Shocker. Yeah. The Shocker's really cool. <laughs> I mean, he's not. The Shocker's fucking stupid. But the Shocker is amazing. Yes. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. 
this week we saw Prometheus Paradise. I mean, uh, Alien Covenant. <laughs> Prometheus 2 Xenomorph Boogaloo. Yes. I don't know. We saw Alien Covenant. Stay tuned to the oh. end of the show where we will talk about Alien Covenant and spoilers Parad- because there will be spoilers in this. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Paradise Lost. Better name for the movie. Yes. Uh, I, I did go see it at Sloan's Lake Draft House and it's, it's pretty nice there. Oh, man. Uh, when, when I was there, I ordered popcorn and they forgot about it. Mm. I was really sad. So, so is it nice there? <laughs> no, it is. I think it's been open officially like three days. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not mad. No, I know. The lady came by and she's like, is everything okay? I said, can I get my popcorn? <gasps> and she like ran out. And, like, <laughs> and then I felt bad because the guy who was training her came Popcorn's back with her tr- it. Popcorn's yeah. her trigger word. And Did he rub her nose in it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then oh. she came and she said, don't forget this popcorn. <laughs> I bought the popcorn for you. I was like, oh, I don't have to. It's not like a mad. It's just. It's a popcorn. Yeah. They're training. I'm not going to get like. Yeah. Like, what she should have brought it, she just like pushed it off the table as soon as she brought it. <laughs> now pick it up. <laughs> but that movie theater is really nice. Yeah. It's really nice. I hear that the uh, the menu appears smaller. It is. But it's not actually. They have all the stuff. Like if you if you go and you're used to the normal one, you can order like the blue cheeseburger or whatever and they have it. They're just they're just still trying to. Yeah. It's, it's only learn. smaller in like uh, they have the stuff you can get. Yeah. But you just have to ask for it. Yeah. Because – I mean, it has all the highlights. Like, it has a carnivore, yeah. but I'm, they can still make I mean, the pepperoni pizza. Right. Oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kitchen, kitchen is just still learning because it's new, right? Yeah. So. And it's fun. Yeah. It smells new in there, too. It smells like a new car. <sighs> Told you. Oh, man. My wife said go. that, too. I gotta go. Oh, so it wasn't you? I thought it was you that posted that thing about going. It was you. No. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I didn't get yeah, it. took my there. wife. She actually wanted to see a movie with me. What? Yeah. No, she wanted to see a movie and you were there. Yeah. No, she she said I asked I told her I was gonna go see Alien Covenant and she said, I wanna go. Aw What? That's so sweet. You'll go see Alien Covenant, but you won't go see Guardians of the Galaxy with me. I don't understand. And she said, I'm so over superheroes. Did she choose wisely? Wait and find out. Maybe. <laughs> hey, did you hear we have a new theme song? I did. Yeah. It played right before we started talking. I, we just didn't acknowledge it that much last <laughs> week, so I, I just wanted to give a shout out. That's true. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Thanks, Mike at Plan Nine Studios. Yeah. Speaking new... of speaking of smelling like a new car, we 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 smell like a new car. We sound we sound like we smell like a new car. We what? smell like we sound. Yeah. We sound like we smell. Sure. Just we also talk about movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, movie news, and movies we've been watching. We have fun, and thanks for everybody who listened to our massive 300th episode. <laughs> All two of you. I, I, it's no, I, six hours long. I watched <laughs> it a couple, I, or I listened to it like, a couple times. Oh uh, my goodness! So that that might be it. Might be it's, just me. It's, you know, I, 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 I listened I, to it at work, so yeah, I listened to it on uh, iTunes, and now I'm listening to it on Stitcher. So it's weird. Like I get to like the seventh round, and somehow two hours just flies by. It does. Yeah. No, it doesn't feel like five hours. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I'm driving when I listen to it, but yeah. I'm I'm just amazed that I've I've heard I've listened to it like five times and it, has, it hasn't felt like it's chewed up a ton of my time. We, we've we've done we did a good job on that. Still episode. my favorite moment. Did you make whole... it to the supercut? Yeah, yeah. I did. great job, Brad. <laughs> Thanks. I, st- I forgot about the voicemail of the guy who was defending Christmas to Christmas to her vehemently. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, and, but my favorite moment and that's not in the supercut has to be when uh, 
uh, James is going, my number three is, and he takes a bit of a pause, and you just yelled out, stupid. (laughs) 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 That and Henry struggling to tell people he liked La La Land. (laughs) Well, yeah, I was going to keep the stuff we talked about, like, as the trailers are going, but for the action-y trailers, like Spider-Man, it got really hard, like, the sound was competing between what we were saying and the explosions. But but with Henry's, it was very easy. So I left the ones, yeah, it was just music. I left us talking over it, because that helps, but yeah. So I had to cut some all of, of Harry, Henry's trailers. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. You know, he, I know he's going to film school, but he doesn't have to like those films. Like, <laughs> he liked he, Paddington. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, I was like floored, floored but, by that. But decision. like I said, I don't want to, Henry. You don't have to like those. You don't. You don't have to like them. Give him do you, and I was like, do you really like them? Do you really? Do you really like <laughs> French films that are four hours long? He got me interested in watching the uh, trying to watch the Imposter. I want to know. Oh, uh, I, I, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's I interesting. Really that. Are you interested in the French film? We'll, we'll... Which one? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Also, also try you to don't watch even Rust know. <laughs> you don't even know. Henry, was... Henry called in this week. Here's our the new art house asshole. I love art house movies. You can call me Mister Asshole. What's up, nerds? Henry giving you an update on art house asshole. Uh, this week we watched Christine. Which is, uh, if you remember correctly, back at the end of last year, I reviewed Kate Plays Christine. This film was on the same topic of Christine Chubbuck, but it's a narrative film starring Rebecca Hall, Michael C. Hall, uh, a couple other people. Uh, it's, it's good. It's not great, but it is, uh, it's much better than the documentary, which is being the worst, in my opinion, the worst film of 2016. Uh, I don't have much else to say about it. I just think it's, uh, it's a good view on depression, and it's a good portrayal of depression and suicide, which is rare these days. Uh, even though everyone's trying to do it. So if you're interested in that, I would definitely check it out. Uh, other than that, that's about it. I hope you guys enjoyed Alien this week. Bye. I was really interested in Rust and Bone, and then he kept talking, and then I was less he interested because it got sad. <laughs> I was like, oh, she overcomes getting her legs bit off? No, she's just sad. Oh. <laughs> Again, big birthday party coming up where we're all first to watch Rust and Bone. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, are you ready to tell us what's going on around town? Well, the drive-in's been having a uh, having a week because uh, of the awful rain. They've been oh, flooded yeah. out most. So, oh, did it damage their screen? No, but the you know most of the the ground is dirt mm-hmm. and rocks, so it flooded, and so they were closed for like three days. Reopened, then closed again the next day because the weather came back. And uh, so, as far as I know, they're still holding over Beauty and the Beast, Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, Fate of the Furious. Nice, so. still a good one. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, and then uh, the Esquire PDF on my phone still isn't displaying properly. So, so I'm know. pretty sure it's Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sure, or the room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last night it was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Yeah. Oh no, shit! Did yeah. you go? I did. did. Had you seen that movie before? Uh, with, with the ooze? Yeah, I saw it on DVD. Uh, Od Od Odd ooze. What's his name? Ivan ooze. Ivan ooze. Paul right. Freeman from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. 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 Sure. Was yeah. it good? Um, I mean, I haven't seen it since I. Well, we can talk about it. This is our next segment: what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Thank you. I was like trying to set up. (laughs) (laughs) I I was trying to kill time so that I could pull up the PDF. It's Rocky Horror Picture Show and The Room this week. There you go. Yep. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Shut the door. It's like like twice a month. So yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to make room so that I could pull it up. So. 
Would you? What other, so you saw Mighty Morphin Power Rangers this week, Brad? Yeah, Midnight City Esquire. Um, the print was. I mean, it's, it's probably a digital thing, but it was. It looked fantastic. For one, uh, but it's oh yeah, because they don't people ever ask for it's it. Cornball <laughs> as hell. I was just saying because it hasn't been watched since yeah. it was released. Well, I walked in there and they have the classic poster, like the actual printed poster in the glass, oh, that's cool. and it looked pristine. So I'm like, wow, where they find a 22 year old poster? That, like in a warehouse that no one gives a were... shit about. <laughs> um, that looks that great. And then uh, yeah, the movie will look good. Uh, I mean, the movie itself isn't like it's yeah, but but how lowest cute... common 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 denominator kids cheese from is that it era. better than the new one i was just gonna ask no uh, it, <laughs> though the new one's like better quality yeah um but this one actually is built on like the, the show. show yeah um it's like it's the original uh essence so like that's cool but yeah you know, the jokes it has that 90s uh like joke quippy fighting thing that i hate that the ninja turtles created basically um and all their or spider-man created in the 60s <laughs> and that the turtles destroyed in the 90s <laughs> i'm just not gonna give it to you you like that <laughs> yeah um no you're right you're right i know i am um <laughs> that the ninja turtles drove into the ground <laughs> with three movies and then there's like warriors of virtue and <laughs> yeah all those yeah live action martial arts kid shows um what was i saying yeah it's just and the, there's all the cgi they they make all the Zords CGI and it's early no. '90s CGI where it looks like a tech oh. demo and Ivan Ooze turns into his own Zord and yeah it's it's just doesn't hold up at all and it has that like '90s morph feature so when he transforms like out of a lumpy purple ooze it's like Star Trek Six like the <laughs> yeah oh, there you go Mon changes into Kirk type yes. stuff and then the Klingon blood is actually better in Star Trek 3 than Ivan Ooze's. Oh. Probably um, Star Trek 3 had more money. <laughs> and then when the Probably, yeah. when the uh, Rangers are like jumping around, it was like blatant wire work. Um, <laughs> at one point, the White Ranger does like this sidekick that's like out of Street Fighter. Um, you know, when he's like hanging in there, but he's still like kicking from the side. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, like gravity doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the video game oh, Street they, Fighter. Oh, they yeah. did that all the no, time. No, that's happened in Street Fighter the movie. <laughs> yeah, and that Jackie Chan movie too. Yeah, where he dresses up as Chun Li. The important question is, how cute is the Pink Ranger in her ninja outfit? Oh, that's right, because they get that. They also trade out their animal powers because they're yeah. like it's the ninja powers. They become ninjas. I mean, yeah, she's cute. Yeah, but when I was eight, it was great. Um, Insight into James. Yeah, <laughs> he's whacking it to the Power Rangers. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, Kimberly! <laughs> I don't even know her yeah. name. I just but, know it's garbage. Her name is Kimberly. No, he's yeah. right. Yeah. Amy, jo- Amy Jo Johnson. Yeah, but yeah, the whole story is uh, she was in the new one. Rita and Lord Zed dig up. Well, the city of Angel Grove digs up this ancient egg, and then Rita and yes. Zed crack open the egg. And Ivan News comes out, and they're like, "You're going to help us defeat Zordon and the is Power Rangers." They, uh, the Rockies got the idea for Dinger. <laughs> <laughs> they they're digging Coors Field and they found a large egg and out popped that stupid fucking dinosaur. You no, know, uh, totally the same. The thing. Rockies they started in '93, right? Uh, yeah. Coors Field opened though in '95. Yeah, and this movie yeah. came out in '95, so they might have like ripped from the headlines. <laughs> yeah. I got like an idea for a Power Rangers movie. And Ivan Ooze is like purplish and the yeah, he's purple and gross and. Um, so he decides, yeah, I'm not going to help Rita and Nor Zed. I'm just going to be my own villain. And he traps them in an Angel Grove snow globe. And then he takes yes. Goldar and it's his little so pig buddy, which I never saw on the show. And oh, they, yeah. they, he, um, uh, he, go, he 
oozes into Zordon's lair, uh, incapacitates Zordon, the, and because without Zordon, the Rangers don't have their powers, so they have to go to this magical fantasy world, like another planet somewhere in the galaxy, and then train like with the new ninja powers. Yeah. What the fuck is yeah. this movie about? Oh, it's, 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 it's about, about creating getting... another TV show. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, if you just swap out, uh, um, if you take out Ivan Ooze, and just say that, like, hey, they they can't morph because they're they like don't believe in themselves yet, like, or they don't trust each other as a team. It's basically the movie we Do just. Do they saw. explain what morphin is? No, no, okay, no, no, no. They, no. they didn't explain it to. in the new movie either. No, no you don't need to. They yeah, morph they, in, they morph into guys with a suit. Like they get powers and That's they become suits. They become changing. Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they morph. But oh, half so the they're Shane Sung. All right, half <laughs> the movie they're talking about like, oh, we have to hurry and like rescue, like get the the new crystal so we can give power back to Zordon, but they make constant like detours in their, in their <laughs> strategy yeah. uh, that they don't need to, that, you know, when they finally do get back to Zordon with the um, power, like he's already dead. They're like, ah, oh, darn it. We oh, that's right. They... We didn't make it in time. It's like, of course you didn't make it in time. You took all those diversions. <laughs> that's right. He ends up like, like they, they break his funny, his funny uh, wizard of Oz tube thing. And yeah. then there's like an old man laying in there, like laying in a sack. <gasps> An old guy. In a giant yeah. sweater. Yeah, that's right. I remember um, being very disturbed by but that. But this is time. where they, they join hands, and what they learn under their ninja training is that if they believe in what they can do, they can do anything. Yes. And so they just believe in bringing Zordon back to life, and they bring him back to life. Yes. And yeah, so they, they defeat Ivan with their Zords. They're horribly C- CGI, early 90s rendering Zords. And um, what's the other thing? Oh, yeah, and there's a subplot where... Ivan Ooze has sold all the parents in Angel Grove, like vials of his ooze. Uh, yes. And it's like a mind control ooze. So the parents like touch it and then they just end up digging up the excavation yard. For So why did they buy it's, it? it? It's actually part he of sold a... sold it to the kids and the kids brought it home. Like they, he <laughs> told them it was a toy. <laughs> yeah. And then so like the one main kid's dad comes home. He's like, I don't know what the kid's name. Billy, where are you at? Oh, what's this on the counter? And he like opens it up, touches it mind control walks down the street like the whole neighborhood is walking down and then they go to the excavation yard and then ivan's done he's like all right i'm done with you guys go walk off a cliff and so all the parents start walking towards this oh, i hope they would do they no they get close and the kids are like holding them back uh-huh. and the parents are just keep walking because they're stronger and then the main kid billy whatever sees a giant fire hose thing for the construction yard and like fires it up and starts spraying the parents to like keep them from Could going be. and then so finally they fell off the cliff yeah it, it's actually part of a large uh, product placement for Sunny D because the kid runs in and he's like, hey, what do we have to drink? Like, we got water. We got purple stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I want some of that purple stuff. <laughs> and at the end, they go got hang it. out and eat crab <laughs> and uh, watch the fireworks to Van Halen's dreams. Nice. <laughs> yeah. oh, a little bit man. of money they had. They licensed Van Halen. I saw that movie in theaters. I did, too. I took my little brother to it. So but everything you explained to me, I don't. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, what you ex- what you described was a, an episode of Power Rangers. Yeah. It's like an extended episode with yeah. better special effects. Oddly enough. Yeah. Less Rita screaming. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, uh, she's screaming, and then Ivan News throws his goo at her mouth, and Zed's like, "Finally, someone <laughs> shut her up." Yeah. <laughs> Threw his goo at her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's terrible. It tastes like tuna. <laughs> Fuck off. So that's oh. yeah. I watched, I watched I watched a lot of a lot of other stuff because um, I missed the week before our three hundred. Uh, the first thing I saw the they call me Jig, which is a Alamo Film Club movie. 
And it's the one I asked you to see because Steve recommended that you see it because um, it's a superhero movie, but it's a foreign film. Yeah, the film club, though, always does them when I work. Yeah, Monday it nights. Sucks. Yeah. But I'm switching over to days, so hopefully I'll be able to start going to them now. Yeah. But unfortunately, you missed this movie, which I would call a hybrid of Spider-Man plus uh, Unbreakable. So, Italian Unbreakable. Uh, so, I have to read subtitles? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm good. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Reading. But yeah, it's this guy who's kind of like in the criminal underworld and uh, in the process of like this uh, deal gone bad. He falls into, into the river and like gets overrun with this weird oil from some tugboat. And then it, <laughs> he just has superpowers. This radioactive oil. He gets superpowers. And um, he can turn into a tugboat whenever yeah. he... He has all the powers of a tugboat. No, he just gets David Dunn's powers from Unbreakable. So oh, he's, okay. he's really he's strong, strong, but he's still kind of mortal. Sure. Um, and then... Um, can he see evil like 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 in Unbreakable? No. Okay. Yeah. Did he, he see evil in Unbreakable? Yeah, he can touch people and like see that oh, they're evil right. inside. Yeah. No, yeah. he can't do that. Now that we know who you are. Yeah, I know who I am. Um, but I, it was cool. Um, I was cool. I was surprised. It was actually a, a lot. Is more, his but is his superhero name Jig? Uh, no, the Jig thing is uh, there's like this. I don't know if it's a real anime, but in the movie it's this anime. And then the oh. girl, there's a girl across his apartment, the opposite apartment. He's he was working for her dad, doing some kind of crime lord stuff. They're they're doing some drug smuggling deal that went bad. He his that guy her dad got killed, and so when he goes home, she's like, "Where's my dad at?" And then she she's messed up, and you find out later on why she's got a screw loose, but she's kind of got like a stunted intelligence, and she's like a big fan of this anime. Oh, okay. She's got a very childlike personality, even though she's like like an adult woman. Sure. Um, and this this G robot thing. So when she finds out that he has these powers, she calls him like G. you're like the G robot guy. Um, yeah. They call me Mr. Jig. So, and eventually he like gets into the show cause he's struggling with like trying to become a hero and not being the shitty person that he was before. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's like this other crime boss who's a complete whack job and, uh, he gets, once he finds out that this guy has those powers, he tries to track him down and like blackmails him to tell him where the tugboat with oil is. And then he falls in but he falls in because there's this other crime boss that like shoots at him and then like, sets him on fire, and so he becomes like uh, Mr. Glass, but not fragile, you know. So just a guy. He's he's no he's got the he's got the superpowers, but he's he's on the same level as our hero. Oh oh okay. Yeah, and so okay. they have a showdown at like a stadium. He's gonna blow it up to get attention. He's a big attention whore. Sure. Um, but he's all scarred and stuff and burned and. And then he blows up at the end. It's really funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. Because the, the, when they're fighting underwater trying to, like, get the bomb out of there and it blows up, there's a shot. Uh, he had this wig on, this rocker wig, after, like, he got burned. Sure. And he, he he's very vain, so that's why he's wearing the wig. But it floats across the screen. And I just remember Jean-Claude Van Damme's Dan Van did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they saw your movie. So you're a genius is what we're saying. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, oh, man. Man, I'm so smart. So yeah, they call cool. me Jig was actually pretty cool. Yep. Um uh, I saw Heat in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. But the audience was shit. Oh no. They had the Q and A with um 
Michael Mann and the whole audience just talked through it. Where was it? At the draft house. Oh, really? They didn't have the like, hey, shut up card. It just went from the pre-show straight into the Q&A. And the Q&A is usually at the end. Yeah. But they did it ahead of this one. And so everyone's just sitting there chatting, whatever. Um, you know, I'm trying to, I eventually I tuned out because it was so bad. I couldn't pay attention to what oh, I was saying. Oh, that's terrible. And then just jumped in the movie. So there was never the, hey, quite like there's a no talking zone thing. Yeah. Um, so like before the movie started, I was texting Steve saying like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah, what's going on? And he was surprised. Um, yeah, that's not how things went. So something went wrong. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you, usually those things the Q and A is afterward. Yeah, which is great because most of the audience gets up and leaves, and I'm like, huh, y'all are dumb. Uh, yeah, I did the the Friday the Thirteenth with Victor Miller. He was on before, huh. but people were really nice. You know, I I found that a lot of times if it's a really uh, nerd friendly film, people yes. know. Yeah, where that heat is, a, it's a good movie, but it's also a hipster movie. Where people are like, wait, it's like a it's it, the same people. Yeah, people who like Heat also like Scarface. That's what I mean. Like, it's, I, it's not Heat is a much better movie. Yeah, oh, it's way better. Um, it's it's people that will go to it yeah. that have the Scarface poster up. Sure, like my wife. Sure, <laughs> and it was a sold out show, so like it was packed. Like, oh yeah, there was no pockets of quietness. And Heat's not a movie that gets shown super often. Yeah, and things like that either, right? Like, um, but it was amazing. Like, yeah. Like I've liked it before, but with the proper sound, like I've watched it at home right, a lot. Yeah. It's not the same. But the actual sound design, not, not even just including the, the classic firefight yeah. in the streets, um, it's just it's so impressive. Yeah, it's just like it's such a, it's an epic. It's great. Yeah. Um, so glad I got to see it like that. Um, I also watched another foreign film called The Lure. Oh yeah, which is that's the mermaid movie. It's like a mermaid fable, but kind of Euro pop. Um, that I didn't like as much. <laughs> Define Euro pop. Um, like a, it's surrounded by a lot of electro, like a lot of colors, electronic music. Um, it's a it's a bunch of different things in one movie. It's one like these mermaids are trying to be a bunch of rock stars, but also uh, one of them is trying to find love and like lose her legs. I mean, basically, they're just trying to be a part of your world <laughs> or lose her fin. Yeah, be part of her world. She's trying to. Um, so it's like Gem and the Holograms meets a Disney movie. She keeps finding herself laying across train tracks, like waiting for a train that never comes. And then it's also a horror movie because the mermaids are eating people. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, it has read, a lot of things going on in it. <laughs> everyone else's audience seemed to like it, but I was kind of like. She yeah. purposely leaves her legs in a taxi, but they show back up at her apartment again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, the, 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 like, there's this band. I forgot the name of it. Some foreign thing. Fish Bastions. It's got the little umlauts <laughs> over it. Uh, they they're like hanging out on the edge of a river, and then they're like singing and dancing next to a fire, and then these two mermaids swim up and they start singing with them. And it just cuts to the strip club where they do their music and they like introduce. Do, do the mermaid strip? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's tons of nudity in it. Well, all men. Yeah. Wait, are they, are they half fish? When, whenever they touch water, they, the, their fin they comes turn, out. Oh. When, they're, when they're dry, the, they're, they're human. Okay. So it's like splash. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Is any part of this movie like From Dust Till Dawn but with fish people? I haven't seen Till Dust Till Dawn. Really? What? What? Yeah. Well, that. Well, better, then somebody that else change. Needs, somebody else needs to go see the lure because I need to know whether or not this movie is like from *Dust Till Dawn*. 
Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you should see From Dust Till Dawn. It's kind of like the lure, but with vampires. Yeah, I've heard a lot and, about it. And, 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 <laughs> and probably way better. And but the first half is pretty good. Yeah, but eventually the band gets sick, sick of the mermaids because they're getting more press. <laughs> they keep eating all the audiences. <laughs> and eating the audiences, so they try to murder the mermaids. Like... They uh with oh yeah the one the the drummer like punches them both in the face really hard and then they dump them in a river, I'm like how's that gonna stop them they're just gonna come back, and then they they do come back and then like one of them's like oh it's fine and then she bites off his finger. What? Um. So is it is it like Joseph and, Josie and the Pussycats but with piranha people? They're making a lot of analogies. I'm just trying to tell you the story. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's it's a bunch of musical mermaids. It's like. They're eating people like the one's just bored and she decides, oh, I'm going to go eat somebody. This is confusing. And she pulls out his heart and drags it underwater. Sure. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. How, that's how most cannibals are, right? Like, you know, I'm bored. Yeah. That that guy over there looks that's how they roll. appetizing. <laughs> and then the one mermaid falls for like the other guy in the band. And then she goes through this procedure where she, they just cut her in half and she just swaps legs with <laughs> what? some other Wait. girl who I guess wants to be a mermaid. So she... Wait, you can become a mermaid by having your legs? We don't really see what happens to the other girl, but they just take that girl's legs and put her on the mermaid's like, torso, and then everything's fine. What, what do you mean they just take her legs? It's a surgery <laughs> scene. It's a top-down thing. She's just cut straight in half. They take like a mannequin set of legs, Wait, what? sew what? them onto her, the and then they cut to the next scene where she's just got stitches, and she's perfectly fine. Frankenstein. Yeah. Okay, so, so James, I don't want to hear that Tusk is ridiculous ever again. <laughs> well, it's different. She just takes her legs. It's Tusk and then there's a weird shot. Finds him in the laundry basket and it's like, these are mine now. It's also like part like La La Land musical because <laughs> early on when... They're like the most popular duo Someone in ever. the reservoir to make it. They go motion. shopping, and it's just everyone in the store just breaks out into song and dance with them. <laughs> Brad got really loud because he wants you guys to shut up. Yeah, I have like six things to get through. Stop. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, you're this, slowing it down. This was so funny. It's going to be for, for forever. Oh, it's great. It's so good. Um, the other thing I have to see was Logan Noir. Oh, man. Which was awesome. And you can hear a little bit of it right now. And I don't know, maybe this is something that, that you, for instance, Hutch, could, could like illuminate. But I'm curious, I mean, I think for context sake, we, we can we think about Deadpool now, like this R-rated film that made so much money and was so successful with critics and fans. But you guys were in development. This was, this was going to be R before Deadpool came out. You didn't know there would be that audience. Um, was the studio always on board 110%? Was there a massive fight in any way on any of the story points that we eventually saw that landed on the, the big screen. There, there really wasn't. You know, the, 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 key, the key catalyst in this, honestly, in my opinion, was Jim. Because <clears throat> there had been, we had had conversations in different iterations and even going back long before uh, the Wolverine about more grounded storytelling within the universe. Um, but candidly, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't think we were equipped yet we, and I'll say it on behalf of the studio and, and even the various people involved, um, and, and Jim was sort of a, a catalyst in so many different ways in, in, in galvanizing the studio's confidence about doing something bold, in, in the conviction that he had about the tone that it required in, in the, you know, the kind of amazing um, 
uh, instinct and navigational skill he had about where we needed to go with the story. Um, he, he really was, in the best sense of, of what I think of as a filmmaker, was the, the, the captain of this journey. And, and that was obviously in conjunction with you unquestionably and from the beginning, but for me, <clears throat> I don't think... I honestly, and this, this is, you know, we, we often say this about actors, and it's certainly true of Hugh in this role, but I cannot picture another filmmaker doing anything even, even close to what was accomplished with this film other than Jim. And, and that, that uh, I, think, I think that's how significant change occurs in, in storytelling, in filmmaking, is when somebody comes along that has the combination of talent and passion and instinct and conviction and skill. Um, you know, and, and that's a rare thing. I'm describing a very Thank small you. group of, of people, um, but, but it really is, it is. And, and guts. No, I'm going to talk before you. <laughs> go, go, go. go. Well, it seems like a good moment to let you guys talk. <laughs> <laughs> and guts. And I was so excited. This is my third film with Jim and, uh, we always talked about doing stuff, but uh, uh, along for the 17 years that we worked together, but to have a blank canvas for Jim, I mean, unfortunately, you had to inherit an actor, you, uh, but apart from that, it was a blank canvas in terms of script, of what we did with it, and we really were Steve Asbell and Emma Watts, and, and uh, I, we had a meeting at a hotel in Los Angeles early on, and I thought that would be tough, that meeting, uh, where... I said to Jim, I said, I'm just going to go and have a meeting so that uh, they know that I'm really in and it's not just you and not just you making... And that was about a three-minute meeting. It was literally like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, no, I'm really serious. Like, this is what we want to make. Yeah, great, let's go. We kept bracing for people to be opposed to us. Yeah. You know, and that the... And certain things conspired, I think, in our favor. One was Deadpool eventually came out and was a massive success, so that kind of defanged the fears about rated R quite as much. Also, we promised to make the movie for less money so that we could be rated R. So that helps. That always them. helps. <laughs> uh, but the last thing, you know, that I talked about when the movie came out, but I think is really interesting, is one of the main reasons I wanted it to be R wasn't a per se blue language or violence, while all those things were in some ways, particularly the violence for this character, a value added for me in some ways. The, uh, it was really because when you make a movie of this scale or with this kind of pressure on it, whether it's a smaller one or a bigger one, but still it's a summer movie. It, there's a lot of pressure on the movie um, in, in the marketplace. And if the movie's rated R, frankly, it gets graded on a curve. Not everyone can go. You know, It's just that simple now. Not every 14-year-old or 11-year-old or 6-year-old, God willing, is going to be being able to buy tickets to this movie. So that it, it, cuts, it reduces the box office. Okay, so that's a problem for the studio. That's why we made it cheaper. But it does something else. It suddenly means you're not making a movie for six-year-olds and nine-year-olds and 11-year-olds. And the kind of story you can tell and the way you tell it when you're not concerned with establishing cutesy sidekick characters that become something that they give away or someone makes action figures out of or that you're not worried about the attention span of a seven-year-old and whether they're going to be looking up from their gummy bears or not, whether you're just telling a story for essentially grown-ups you know, a huge part of the comic book world, of the world of the graphic novel, is adults who read them, not children. And that at some point, it, it, the marketing skew when you make these movies all aimed at carrying 
really young children along, first of all, produces movies that are frankly, even at PG-13, too violent for kids, in my opinion. But second of all, it also cheats grown-ups of having some part of their fantasy experience or their comic book experience honored with adult themes and ideas. And I think that by getting a rated R, it gave us a driver's license to make, I hope you agree, a more sophisticated movie or a movie that even took its time sometimes with the characters as opposed to having to gun along so fast. One of the, yeah, well said, definitely. Thank you. And I'm sure we're all relieved that the audience was there and received it as well as they did. I mean, let's talk a little bit about the luxury of having a Q&A like this a couple months after it's been out, as we've all seen it probably multiple times, so we can talk a little bit about the, the ending. Um, Hugh, you've had a lot of time to kind of think about how you wanted to go out. Specifically, I would think literally how the ending would look to you, like what your last moments on screen would be as this character. Did you have thoughts that you shared with James and Hutch in terms of what the final moments of Logan should be, what the last words should be? How did that, were there alternates to that sort of the last scenes of the film? I, um, I, I'm going to be honest, I was a bit of a pain in the ass for Jim and I was wrong 95% of the time, which made it even more amazing. But there was a lot of things that I was like, Jim, no, and I would fight, okay, and he would listen to me, but listen, I think there, and when I saw the movie, it was a litany of, yeah, you were right, you were right, you were right, you were right. Um, even before that, obviously, while we were making it, but all I knew, actually, at the end, we were pretty open about uh, whether it would be, you know, for Logan or not because Unforgiven was a huge influence for me and actually the film is m more devastating for me, the fact that he just rides out of town unforgiven and somehow damned in his heroism and I thought it was such a beautiful poetic finish. But I said whatever we finish with, it has to be earned and it has to feel in keeping... And so when we went into, I, I, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we decided whether he would die or not. No, we, we, it was really not. It was about, I think, earning the right ending. Yeah. And, but I think we wanted it to feel over, meaning we wanted a sense of real, a curtain coming down at the end, not, not a kind of, um, I think, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I certainly didn't want people speculating that we had left a hole open for more money-making and bilking and doing, that I wanted it to be like, the curtains come down. We told the story, you know, and the, just like a regular movie, we're not, we're not leaving something out there. We're actually, the story's over. But the yeah. highlight for me, and I'm saying this because so many people have asked me who came up with that ending with the cross turning into the X, who and that was Jim Mangold. And so he wrote it. And I, when I read it, I thought, oh, that's beautiful. You know, it, it seemed very poetic on the page. But when I saw it, I cried. That's when I really... And I sat next to Patrick Stewart. We saw it for the first time, and both of us wept. And uh, I, I was... Um, uh, Stephen Colbert, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but I just saw him the other night. He says, I, I've seen it three times in the theatre, in the cinema... And I cried every single time at that final image. But there is something so patient and courageous as a filmmaker just to allow everything to culminate in that one moment. And it's a, um, it's a privilege Thank to be under the ground while that movie happens, <laughs> that moment happens. But, uh, yeah, that, that was cool. I mean, it, it didn't add anything for me um, other than it looked more dramatic in black and white. Um, and one, part of the Q&A, the, uh, the moderator asks, you know, is this your definitive version 
like, is this the one you, you wanted to do? And James Mangold's like, no, like, it's just a curiosity for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say that it, like they're both my children and I, you know, it's just, I wanted to see what it would look in black and white and I thought it was cool. So I figured I'd share it with you guys, but the one that came out in March is the, is the one I made because that's like, yeah, my DP and my production designer, they picked the colors right. for the movie. Like they did a lot of hard work. So I'm not going to say like, Oh, I wish it was the black and white version. Yeah. I deleted um, their work and I think it's better. Yeah. So, but it's, it's just like an alternative thing. That's yeah. Cool. But that's awesome. Yeah. Man. I wish I had seen it. The trailer for it is just gorgeous. Like well, certain you will be able it. to see it on Tuesday. On Tuesday. <laughs> yep. Um, don't get me started with Best Buy right now. <laughs> I tried to pre-order it, and it says um, not available for shipping, and you can't pick it up within the Denver area. That's when you just show up at the store and get it. Because I have the same. I, I hope the, it's there. I ran into the same problem with uh, Steel Panthers. Uh, special edition cd they had there it had like two special uh, extra tracks they won't let me pre-order it so i just show up and i got it it's like they're pushing pre-orders but like i, I can only get it in iowa what the, what the hell is that <laughs> yeah. how's that help yeah so and now now i just gotta like hope i get to the store early enough and they haven't like enough steel books well i don't work on are you doing it what are you doing on tuesday I mean, I don't. I'm gonna be at Best Buy like at <laughs> 9 a.m. I was gonna say I don't work if I'm there and there's an extra one I can pick it up for you. Cool. Is the is the black and white version only on the Steelbook or? Um, no, I think it's on all of them. I think oh, it's okay. on all of them, but I'm not certain. Oh, okay. Like, because there's also different versions of the Blu-ray. There's like a 4K version, and I don't know if like the regular Blu-ray, yeah, maybe doesn't have it. So I can look for you. I, um, I pre-ordered the 4K one, so. Um and then I also watched uh, an American Tale Five Goes West yeah that's on Netflix now and not as great as don't, the first don't, one don't ruin this for me <laughs> it, the animation seems it's just it it seems like a a lot less budget um the story's down. okay like Five Goes West and there's like um, John Cleese's Catterwall like this smooth like uh, a smooth talking guy who like promises a lot of things but he's like straddling the line of like friend of the mice and also like helping out the cats to like trick all the mice into doing this two-faced job yeah two-faced yeah yeah um but it, the, the thing that struck me like right away is just uh like the directing of the animation and the style of the animation like it lacks shading hmm. that the first one had like well, it's very like was this one theatrical? Flat. Yeah. Okay. I saw it in the yeah. theater the yeah. last time I saw it. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Me okay. too, I'm sure. Because um, that usually, like, usually when they go direct to video, that's when they stop really putting that much effort into it. Yeah. But, but it, it just seems more like a, like a Looney Tunes cartoon than a, like, the dramatic, weighty, uh, first, like, the original. So. Um, one's an immigrant story. The other one's a fun cowboy picture. Yeah, just a fun romp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I saw was, uh, I've just been like streaming episodes of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Nice. <laughs> on Netflix. Uh, is it the one where Toad has a Brooklyn accent? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey Mario, let's go take care of these guys over here. But it's still a little bit like that. <laughs> like that you do? Like that guy. Oh yeah. The... Hey, let's go take care of these guys over here, Mario. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but it's funny. There's like live action intros with that's right. uh, Captain Lou Albano. <laughs> In Luigi, and then every episode, there's some special guest star. Like one was, uh, what's her name from the Wonder Years? Winnie Cooper. Yeah. <gasps> um, 
And then some girl who eventually went on to be on Baywatch. Uh, Winnie Cooper? <laughs> um, yeah. It's just silly. And, like, there's no, like, they're just stupid <laughs> stories. There's yeah. no, like, I still I, think it's a cute show, though. Like, it's whatever. It, it's Watching that and the real Ghostbusters cartoon made me wish that Netflix had an option where you could, like, add a bunch of shows to a playlist that acted work like, acted like a network executive a programmer so that it would pick episodes from each of those shows. And if you came oh. home and just said like play lineup, it would just go progressively through each episode. And instead of like binge watching mm. like one oh, single show. Shit. So like a Saturday morning pick. kind of thing. Yeah. Or, like a Saturday morning yeah. Shit, there shorts. should just be Netflix just needs that. But with like where you just pick the shows you're watching through and it'll just play the next one. Like it'll just, you set it up so that, Hey, I've got, here's the next episode of, House of Cards, and then after that, it's going to show me the next episode of whatever other show I got I'm watching. It. Like you're programming your own Wait prime timeline. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. call it my prime time. Copyright Real Nerds Podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Awesome. Or even, I mean, Amazon should do it too, because like I watch stuff. Like I buy, I'll buy uh, Fargo. I'll buy the whole season before the season's aired, and then every week the new episode comes out, and I'll watch it. I could just come home and click a button, and it would show me the four shows that I've bought. Yeah. Uh, as the episodes come out, my like, prime time. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Thank you. We're really smart. Copy Night podcast. Well, I mean, you're really <laughs> smart. That's a cool idea. Because I, I, I like binge watching once in a while, but I also feel like I don't retain the entertainment like I used to when Josh I watch it episode said. to episode. Yeah. So I was like, man, there's just like this. I'm watching all these cartoons that I don't really care about. Like I would just watch one at a time. Yeah. It'd be great if it was like a block of different ones. I thought you were going to say more like if it were like a Tex Avery style thing where it would just take like chunks of them. And or I mean, if I guess in this case, the episodes are full stories. Yeah. If it were something like a Garfield and Friends, where it would take like just the first half the first where it's half, one yeah. little story <laughs> and then the first half of a, of a different show like that. So you would just have like this, you know, assemblage of different cartoons. You know, that would also be good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's what I watched. Zach? Um, I, I think, watch... what, I, did you just basically make an argument for how you want cable? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> well, <laughs> cable's still, like, you're beholden to their schedule. Oh, like, I agree. Netflix, like, you've got the shows. They yeah. air whenever. Yeah. Um, I would just like to be able to be my own network, network, network executive and program my own schedule. Yeah. No. It's funny. Sorry. Sorry, Zach. No, that's okay. Hey, um, uh, didn't watch too much this week. Um, I finally got my Blu Blu-ray of La La Land after like canceling the pre-order because I thought I could get the steel book. Then to realize I'm not that fast to getting to Best Buy, um, so I just had to order the regular edition. Well, again. like I said, it's crazy that you peasant. Be <laughs> Best Buy w sold out of the Blood Wars Underworld one. I have not seen that <laughs> since I went there that day to get it. I know. Oh. Like so, it's uh, I'll, so I'll it's Southland for you because I swear. I, I mean, I got it, but oh. So I finally got my La La Land Blu-ray, so I watched the movie again because I naturally put the digital copy immediately on my computer and uh, put it in the cloud. And I love La La Land. Yeah. It's a good film. Oh, I forgot. I do have something for you, Zach. Oh, you do? All the Resident Evils. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, Except I was, for the last one. I was worried it was your dick, and then I realized, well, Resident I never Evil. give you my wow. dick. Wow. <laughs> I am married. By the last one, do you mean this year's one? Yeah. Okay. So the um oh wow so the whole collection Jesus <laughs> yeah uh, somebody told me I should start watching those so yeah you can have them free because I know James already has them <laughs> there yeah you go. oh yeah it's gonna be like the one nice, awkward thing in my collection like oh, those are some nice classy cinema what are these doing here <laughs> there's nothing awkward about it sir I know. It, it's uh, it's beautiful They're fun yeah. I, I'm sure they are I have no I have nothing against um, Paul W S Anderson 
You know what looks Ooh. awesome on my shelf is that new uh, Fast and Furious box set. It just you look at my collection and you're like, holy shit, Fast and Furious is bigger than The Lord of the Rings <laughs> on my shelf. It's insane. Technically, there's more movies. That's why. <laughs> well, yeah, there is 16 hours of Fast and Furious goodness. Oh now. my goodness. Um. So, um, like I said, La La Land, great. You know, we've we've talked about it to death on this show. Um, I, I mean, it looked great on Blu-ray, so, you know, like, you know, the, every time I've seen it, it looks fantastic. Um, uh, I, uh, I'm continuing from Earth to the Moon. Um, I haven't finished it all yet, so when I finish it, I will definitely be giving a full-on review of that, because I really like that show so far. That's you watched all. the second episode? I, yeah, but I'm going to be on it. But I want to talk about it as a whole. Yeah. I'm just giving an update on it. Um, and then the last thing that I watched, so I got home really late last night and I was, I was not in the mood for anything like thought provoking. So I put on dirty grandpa and, um, good news. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't terrible. Like Robert De Niro is really funny in it. And Zach Efron's kind of like a straight man. I mean, like I, Jason Manzoukas might be the funniest part of the movie because he's a guy who's just, he doesn't sell any particular type of drug. He just sells drugs. And um, uh, so much so that when he gets arrested, he's able to get out of uh, prison by threatening to hold back um, steroids from one of the officers who's trying to get buff. So he's like, it's basically like he's just friendly with all the cops. Um, but everything else in it is pretty, it's not, it's not terrible like the reviews said it was. It's just not memorable. Hmm. Like, yeah, it's funny that uh, freaking like I felt the same way about Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Like, it's funny, but it's like it's not it's there. It's not memorable. Like, I was just kind of like, you know, like I I think Efron's really funny. I do too. I just like I think that he's I just don't think he's picking roles that are like that stand out per se. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to watching Dirty Grandpa again. But, like, I'd have to be in a mood, I guess, because it wasn't like – and it's a long movie for for, for a concept that thin. So, huh. um, but, yeah, that's all I watched this week. James? Uh, not a whole lot of stuff. I finished, <laughs> uh, I finished that first season of This Is Us, and that show was amazing. Were they oh, us? Yeah. Man, it, there's a scene in either the second to last or even the final episode. I can't remember so which. The Last of Us? Uh, <laughs> oh. oh, man. I want to go play The Last of Us. Anyway, um, there's a scene where uh, Mandy Moore, I can't even blame, believe I'm going to say this, Mandy Moore and uh, Velo are <laughs> fighting. Uh, and it's one of the most genuine, believable, rough, like emotional fights that I have seen. Uh, like I think their performances are great. And the fact that I'm saying that about Mandy Moore, I mean, Mandy Moore, yeah, I mean, she's fine. Um, but this one, like really blew me away um it's a really great show and yeah i cried a little by the end um i'm amazed there are times where it does feel a little bit like saccharine and melodramatic and in the way that like friday night lights did as well um that has a new title by the way (laughs) no no the show the show okay friday night lights the show is not sad football in texas (laughs) um but uh friday night lights the show is uplifting football in texas which is why it's so good um but uh, but in the end, they they tell you such a a really genuine, thoughtful story, and you love the characters well enough that it doesn't matter when it does get a little bit you know, um, sappy. It you don't care because it's like oh everybody's happy, um, and then everybody gets sad, 
but uh, it's great. It's really great. Uh, and other than that, I rewatched a few things. I rewatched Cabin in the Woods. I rewatched Super 8, a bunch of stuff for the big the big 300 and afterwards as well. Cause there were a couple things where I was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta go watch that again. Amazing Spider-Man too. Nice James. I did. Sure. The sure. Master? Uh, yeah. Nice. No, fuck no. <laughs> no. If anything, I would just watch the, the special features on the master Blu-ray. Cause that sounds like it's better than the master. Um, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> when he said the master, me and James said no at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, we, we practice that in the mirror every day. The master. No. no. <laughs> um, yeah. Daily exercise. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'll just catch up on because I haven't talked about movies for two weeks. But uh, I wa- rewatched Into the Woods. We talked about it two episodes ago, and yeah, it's it's a the performances are really good in it. I still think the film by itself is a little disjointed uh, because it the the overarching theme is Emily Blunt and James Corden are a married couple and they can't have a child because they were cursed by a witch who was played by Meryl Streep. And so then the rest of the film is them meeting Little Red Riding Hood or Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk and Cinderella played by Anna Kendrick. Uh, the performances are really great, but it still feels a little disjointed to me when I watch it. Production design's great, and I still don't like the resolution of Emily Blunt's character at all. Mm. Um, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. but No, but I, I want to based off of you and Henry talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, if you want to borrow it, you're more welcome to borrow it. Uh, yeah. It looks great. The musical numbers are pretty fun. Um, Johnny Depp plays a big bad wolf and he's only in it for like 10 minutes. Oh, that's all right. Um, and he's good though. I mean, it's a different kind of style. He's, he's like a wolf in a zoot suit. So, you know, it looks cool. Sure. Is he a drunken wolf? No. Okay. No, he plays it pretty straight. He's like the Tex Avery wolf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, there you go. Yeah, exactly like the Tex Avery wolf. I love the Tex Avery wolf. I'm kind of in now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, Scream Factory puts out these fun films every once in a while. It's called The Naked Cage. <laughs> and it's it's a canon women in prison film. Yeah. And if you wanted the definition, if I said canon woman in prison film uh, and you said, wait a minute, is there gratuitous violence, gratuitous nudity and just stuff that doesn't make any sense? You got it. You got the <laughs> naked cage. Um, but it has this like 80s exploitation charm to it mm-hmm. that it's pretty fun to watch. And um, I mean, it's just about it doesn't make any sense. There's no real plot to this movie. No, have you seen this? <laughs> yes, I have. So it starts with this dude who's on cocaine meeting this girl in a diner. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I'm starting to picture it in my it head is, now. And he, is, is he scripted to be on cocaine? Or yes. Is he no, no, cast? No, he uh, is. He's the guy but who was they, cast on so cocaine. The guy who's acting, he's always going, rubbing his nose like, yeah, we got to get It's overselling the fact Again, that he's doing coke. could just be the actor. Could be. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so his ex-wife or his wife, he's about to, they're about to get divorced, is a teller at this bank. Mm-hmm. And he plots with his new girlfriend to rob this bank because his wife is there. But when he's there, it goes wrong. And so his wife's trying to stop him and jumps in the car and he gets shot dead. And for some reason, his wife gets accused of robbing the bank, too. It was it, it was the 70s slash 80s. Yeah, like, so women she's, got accused of everything. So she's put in this all-women's prison. Mm-hmm. And that's when sexiness arrives yeah, in then, town. <laughs> but there's like these really weird scenes where the the warden is just naked with women what? in like this kinky, neon, plastic 80s room. Yep. I can't even describe it, but... But you know, it's actually like the end's pretty fun because it ends with a riot, obviously, and all the uh, the women uh, beating each other up. And... I, can, I can describe it. Picture excess in all of its glory. <laughs> yes, it's fun. Ma- it's... Surrounded by a sea of it, tits. It's, it's... <laughs> Laura watched it with me, and she's like, "What are you watching?" I'm like, I don't know. It's fun. 
Is is it, is the warden played by a guy who looks like like you know, Burt Reynolds? Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, does she look like Burt Reynolds' cousin? No, no, she's actually pretty hot. <laughs> All right. Um, you just want Burt Reynolds with tits, don't well, you? Well, when he said like the warden is naked and surrounded with naked women, in my head I was picturing Burt but, Reynolds. Yeah, but, but when I, when but I it's said a woman's prison, when I said woman's sure, prison the, film by Canon Films, you should have known that it's women on women. It's it's, sure. it's not Henry Productions where everything hangs dong. It's <laughs> yes. Canon Films where <laughs> yes. everything hangs out like a brick house. <laughs> yes, I, I mean I'll actually watch it again. I think it's a pretty fun movie. I, it's I mean it it's funny because it's like as I told you guys before, like it, it, they they play a flash of it in uh, Planet Terror. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're playing oh, yeah. that trailer for it, I guess. Like that's on TV in this weird post apocalyptic world where boobs are allowed on television. And um, but uh. The last time I saw it, it must have been like when I was going through my grindhouse phase, and it stuck out as one of the as one of the like along with the big birdcage and yeah. whatnot and whatnot and stuff like that. But you know, it's that's... it's not bad. I mean, it, it, just know going into it, you're watching '80s cheese. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're and you're fine. It's you're just. You, I mean, it's it's boobs with a semblance of a story. Yeah, I mean, actually, the the characters arc besides the dumb circumstance of her ending up in prison <laughs> yeah is actually not bad you yeah. know she's just trying to get her life back together and uh but yeah I but mean, again how does she get committed, I, accused I, of that it, crime it doesn't make any sense it's really circum you're a policeman this is way too circumstantial <laughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't have happened uh, i also got the looney tunes platinum collection on blu-ray and i hate you for it uh this is for 15 bucks at best buy it's usually like a 50 dollars set mm-hmm. wow. and i wasn't sure because you know it's the same thing I run to with black and whites. How can like cartoon shorts look that much better? And these films, I I can't believe it. they actually went through and cleaned them all up. Mm-hmm. Um, and this collection's really fun. It the first half of the first disc is all Bugs Bunny, mm-hmm. and then the second half is all Daffy Duck. The second disc is some Porky Pig, but then it goes to the complete Witch Hazel um, and a bunch of other kind of secondary characters, and they're. They're amazing and they're funny. Uh, I, I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, it has all the great ones. It has uh, uh, a lot of the Elmer Fudd ones with Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. It has uh, Duck Dodgers on the 24th and a half century. Yeah. So it has all the great ones. I, I want to. They have two other sets. I don't know what other ones are going to put on it, but it's going to be kind of the lesser known ones. And that's fine. Um, I've noticed that since they. Because I have the DVD of Volume 2. Um, because I found it at my work for like five bucks, which oh, has, it is a steal. They look great. Oh no, they look great but the, on it. But the more like, and it's weird because I, I posted this article on my Facebook today about like the death of VHS, what we lost in it. And it was by Leonard Malton. Mm-hmm. But essentially, is is that as we move into Blu-ray and then eventually the digital HD era, we're we're gonna lose some of these cartoons down the line. Like some of them are gonna be cherry picked out of these collections. Yeah. So like it it's it sucks because like. And volume Volume Two has like a Hollywood one where it's like all uh, yeah. the Hollywood parodies, which don't necessarily work in a modern context. Don't. And, and that's the one thing. If I had a critique of the Looney Tunes, because I have, I think, four of the DVD sets. Yeah. If I had to critique them, they do volumes, which is fine. The Walt Disney Treasures that I have actually focuses on specific characters, mm-hmm. so you do get the complete runs of them. Right. Um, and that would be my only complaint. I think they should do a Looney Tunes, but they should do Looney Tunes like Bugs Bunny, Platinum, uh, Daffy, Daffy Duck. Duck, you know, like that. I think the problem is is that, and this is going to sound strange, Warner Brothers, to my knowledge, wasn't as 
articulate or not, wasn't as particular with keeping their stuff intact as Disney was. Like Disney had, I mean, there's a reason why we call it the Disney Vault. Yeah. Um, but Warner Brothers, like, yeah, they saved a lot of their film prints and stuff like that. They were a lot better than say MGM, who kept having fires haphazardly <laughs> yeah. started their studio and film burns like crazy. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, it, but the if the biggest difference I notice is the colors pop more. Oh yeah. I mean, the DVDs still look pretty good because they're still digitally restored. But on the Blu-ray, it's just they just pop way more. Uh, it's probably because of the way they're like because they probably went through a further restoration. Yeah, so it was fun. I think you guys are misinformed because there's a documentary uh, that talks about the way that Warner Brothers stored all their stuff because they stored it all in a in a water tower. I think it's called Animaniacs. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. So if you watch That's Animaniacs, right. they'll teach you about how all the Warner Brothers <laughs> stuff was all. Stored in this water tower. Well, it, it has a big sealed door on it, so I'm pretty sure it's all fine. Because you couldn't even have a fire. They talk about the lesser known Warner sister. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's stored in there too. So okay, all that uh, stuff should be fine. They just got somebody's got to climb up there, and the guy, the only guy who has keys, really fat security guard, <laughs> doesn't doesn't like climbing ladders. So you know, one of these days, you you guys will get what you want. Don't worry about it. Buttons, oh buttons, <laughs> silly puppy. <laughs> I uh, I rewatched a couple of Schwarzeneggers. I got the Best Buy Commando director's cut. And I watched the director's cut. I don't know what's new in it. I'm guessing it's more like violence because I was looking at the runtime. The director cut's like an hour and 33 minutes. And I think the standard cut's an hour and 31. So there's not like... So but like, I'm pretty sure the gore is a little more in it. Um, there is a commentary with the director on it. So I'll watch it with him. Hopefully he'll point it out. Um, but yeah, it actually has two commentary tracks. The director does one on the theatrical and the uh, director's cut. And I guess it's pretty hard to find the director's cut on the still book so i lucked out i just happened to find it one day i had i've had it for a while i just having a chance to watch it but commando is an awesome movie if you've never seen it it's like the perfect vehicle for schwarzenegger yeah. remember when i said i kill you last i lied <laughs> who has the last name matrix uh john matrix. john matrix <laughs> well it's funny too because the opening of it starts with all those people being assassinated and then it cuts to schwarzenegger with Alyssa milano and it's like that really cheesy music and they're eating ice cream cones and Oh, that's right. That's I, I, all right. And chopping wood, because that's what you do when you're really ripped. <laughs> Isn't all... Oh, no. Eliza Dushku is his daughter in True Lies. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Why is that on Blu-ray? Uh, and then I was at uh, Twist and Shout, like, last week, and I flipped through their bargain Blu-rays, and I found Red Heat and for, like, three ninety nine. I'm like, all right. And that's... It's not one of my favorite Schwarzenegger movies, and it's not one of my favorite Walter Hill movies, but it's still pretty fun. Uh, you know, he plays some Russian cop. Who goes to America? James Belushi is his partner. Does Schwarzenegger have a Russian accent then? <laughs> no. He's like, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Why? Why does it matter? <laughs> he actually he plays Are Sean Connery. Sure Russian? Yes, it's totally Russian. Arnold, just go with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and he kills people. He speaks Russian in it though. At the beginning, when he kills the dudes in like the bathhouse. Get to da chopper. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you've seen it. <laughs> By the way, did you see there's a Predator movie party at the Alamo? Yes. Something we need to in- go see. Oh, I already got my tickets. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, and the last thing I watched was another part of my Emily Blenathon. Uh, I rewatched the five-year engagement. Which is a really good underrated movie. Yeah. It's pretty We, we it's reviewed pretty that yeah, for the show. We did. It, it's pretty good. <laughs> the... <laughs> it's in our first hundred. I remember nothing about it, so I should go listen to the episode and know how I felt about it. <laughs> it's... Emily Blunt and Jason Siegel are an engaged couple, and they plan on getting married, but life keeps getting on the way, and the, it's in the title. It's a five-year engagement. 
and uh, Alison Brie, Alison does Brie a is British her accent? sister, and Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Yeah, stills like oh, almost every scene he's in. Oh wow! Uh, I the scene where he's they're t- at their engagement party, and he lists off all his girlfriends to Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire." It's <laughs> 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 like his, like I can't I don't remember, but it's pretty funny. I'm trying to figure out what I texted you when I went through the episode. There's something about Chris Pratt that I noted. Huh. I'll keep talking. I'll yeah, so it's uh, it's fun. It's yeah, it's I mean, it's it's a funny movie. It's done pretty well. I get it. Sometimes it's a little sloppy because a lot of those movies at Comedy Set Point for some reason decided they wanted to be longer than two hours, mm-hmm. where you probably don't need it to be that long. But there's I mean, amazing actors in it. Mindy Kaling. Um, who else is in it? Uh, just lots of really great people. How is Emily Blunt? Emily, oh, Emily Blunt's amazing. I mean, she if she's given good material, she's a really great actress. And what I've always said about her, she can do action, comedy, musicals, dramas. She can do everything. She's a Swiss Army knife of actors. And I love her. Swiss Army I, woman. I really, yes. when, when you're done with all of this, I really want Brad to put together a super cut of just me asking, how is Emily Blunt? And you going, oh, Emily Blunt's amazing. Uh, like, she's okay. She's, every week. She's only okay in Windchill. Uh, and, and and yeah, maybe that. But the writing in it's pretty sloppy. So what was the other one where she, where she was just like, uh, oh, you talked about recently? My my life? summer of love. No, it no. was like some un- giant ensemble. Oh, Gulliver's Travels. Oh yeah, oh. Gulliver's Travel. It's not her fault. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's another one where she's damsel in distress, lady. It's, oh. They paid me a lot of money. <laughs> it's I react to it. To Jack Black doing this, I'm gonna dance and sing. Cause I'm Jack Black. Literally. Man, High Fidelity is a great movie. Yeah, Cut, it is. Cut to us getting a cease and desist from Jack Black. <laughs> <at> his estate. <laughs> well, I mean, how many movies he in right now? Probably is listening to our podcast. Oh, Be Kind of Rewind's pretty good, too. No, I like Jack yeah. Black. I love Jack Black. Yeah, he's fine. Cradle the Balls. Tropic, I was just say, like Tro- <laughs> Tropic Thunder's really good. I also like Black Jack. So. Oh, shit, I watched Tropic Thunder this week. What do you mean? What do you mean, you people? What do you mean? Bitch, I don't quit. Being in character to the DVD commentary. <laughs> that <laughs> was really com- good. Thanks. Listen to the DVD commentary for Tropic Thunder. It's fucking amazing. Uh, oh, they don't have that on Netflix. Like no, that's take- why I don't fucking watch Netflix. Like when he's taking off the makeup and he's just like, I'm not John. I, I can't remember all the character names, but he- like at one point he's an astronaut. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. just starts doing this stuff. I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the commentary is great. Because even Ben Stiller says, are you going to just keep on talking like that? Wait till the moment. <laughs> it was like five minutes later. Bitch, I don't quit the DVD commentary. Character does DVD commentary, and then they all start laughing. They totally forgot that, and it's amazing that Robert Downey Jr. remembered that and stays in character for the whole DVD commentary. It's uh, great. Yep, that's why I watched this week. Cool. This is real news. It's real news. Uh, I got a bunch of stuff. Uh, Powers Booth died this week at Aww. 68. He was great uh, at 24. Yeah. He and McGruber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, McGruber. <laughs> yeah. Sin City a Dame to Kill for. Yeah. Was one of his He's one of those roles. cool guys who's, he just had a presence and he had an awesome voice. Yeah. And he was named Powers. Yes. Yeah. So like, he had to be cool. Yeah. How do you get that? You think that's his Christian name? That you think he was born with that name? Powers Frost. <laughs> Powers Frost. Or was he such a, a a badass that one day he was like, I'm going to change my name to 
powers. To powers. He didn't come out of the womb. He <laughs> burst through the womb. <laughs> Steve, yeah. I'm going to be your agent. We need to yeah. get you a catchy name so that casting agents pick up on you. How about powers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, Let me uh, see. What he, uh, I'll look it up on IMDb. And you're going to play the villain in everything. Yeah. Now, oddly <laughs> enough, his name is something very, very dorky. <laughs> yeah. Finkelmeyer Booth <laughs> was born... Well, he was born in Snyder, Texas, to a sharecropper's son. Uh, that's hard physical work chopping cotton. So, yes, his real name is Powers. Mm. Wow, that's cool. Holy shit, his parents are badasses. Killed him? Uh, yeah, they're uh, fucking uh, sharecroppers. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Joe, I hear you had a son. Uh, what's his name? Powers. <laughs> Powers Booth. He's going to be the strongest Booth. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Cool. Well, yeah, sixty-eight uh, is okay. Oh, to be, to I mean, we could have kept. No, it's we, yeah, we could have had Powers Booth for longer. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. sometimes, yeah, life's a bitch. Yeah, and you fuck it. <laughs> In happier news, uh, Arrested Development season five is officially happening. Oh, cool! Uh, so Netflix is getting rolling on that. That's a great show. It is. I love Arrested Development. Uh, in. I don't know if this is happy news or not. Power Rangers 2 is maybe not going to happen. It uh, That movie kind of didn't blow up overseas the way they expected it to. Hooray. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was, I'm really curious. I, I don't want to see another They one. set up that I, Green I, Ranger, damn it. <laughs> yeah, if only because... I, I'm just curious. I don't want to see them because they're good. I just... It's like a train wreck. It's one of those things where I'm like... And I had fun with it. I was amazed how much fun I had with that movie and yeah. how good it yeah, was. When I talked to you, I had fun with it. Yeah, oh, minutes, yeah. I had 20 minutes where I'm like, okay, I'm down, and then it lost me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was it was unbelievable that even that was good, you know? And so then the part of it is, like, because they 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 sort of blew their wad on the first movie by making it an episode of the show. So if you make another one, it's either the exact same movie or you have to do something new and different. And new and different sounded like it was going to be uh, like that might be cool. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll maybe they'll pull it out. So yeah, make it going to be like Super Mario Brothers, where it has that cliffhanger and then it's never resolved. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then got... Bob Hoskins dies, and you can't do anything oh. at all. <laughs> oh. Will you let it go? <laughs> no. Oh my God, Dennis Hopper's dead too. Yeah. Oh. yeah. John Leguizamo is the only one yeah. left. We're never gonna yeah. we're never gonna get that sequel to Hook now. <laughs> Shmi, Shmi. Uh, we got a trailer for Seth MacFarlane's new show on Fox, The Orville, which is basically Galaxy Quest, but not as good, but on Fox. Yeah. All right. I'll give it a shot. Do you guys see it? Uh, yeah. It's yeah, all right. It's all right. Trailer, but I'll give there it was some stuff that was okay. There were some jokes that were funny. Yeah. It's it's weird because there's also an actual Star Trek show coming out. Uh, <laughs> that's the next thing up. Is uh, Brad? You watch that trailer for Star Trek Discovery? Yeah. Yeah, me too. What do you think? <laughs> me I'm too. I, I think I think it's a problem when it's on CBS All Access online. Yeah, I'm amazed how quickly like the the bottom just dropped out of my my passion for that. Like, the trailer started and I was like, oh. I mean, the I immediately don't care. The highest the series has probably ever seen, but and yet they look the but lowest. It still seems cheap. Yeah, it's like I think because it's for also, today. Also, too hard. Like yeah, the Klingon outfits are way elaborate, and then the ship still looks like a bunch of Legos strapped together. And it doesn't feel like Star Trek because uh, this is a weird complaint, but all the aliens are new aliens, and so it doesn't actually feel like Star Maybe Trek. Maybe they're discovering new know. aliens. There's yeah, 
I mean, there's still Vulcans and Klingons. Um, yeah, but like in the trailer, everything but, focuses but, on like my my power is I feel death, and I'm like, uh, I don't like the idea that like who knows it, maybe it'll work in the context of the show. It might. It maybe the trailer is just bad, but uh, probably not. <laughs> but the trailer's pretty bad. Um, yeah. I was kind of disheartened. I, or not even disheartened. Like I said, it was like as soon as it started, I just realized I guess I don't care anymore. Um, Can we all agree though that the trailer for it was better than the trailer for the other thing you showed me not long too long before we we'll started? We'll get this? there, sir. Um, <laughs> in other good news, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'll, I guess I'll still watch it, but I mean, I'm gonna have a hard time seeing it anyway because it's the CBS All Access. Yeah. But, um, so that's why I'm less interested. But yeah, you yeah. Just have that the internet, trailer, like, huh? It's on the internet. Like it debuts on the internet, right? Well, yeah. The first episode, but then you gotta pay for the rest of the season. Oh, do you really? Oh, you I have, have no idea how the thing? All Access works. Oh. I thought. It's like they're giving the first episode, so they're for not free. even showing it on regular TV. Oh no! Yeah, they're showing their first episode on TV, like yeah, so everyone can see it, right? And then if you want to see the rest of the season, you got to get CBS All Access. That's yeah. a stupid idea. Yeah. Speaking of which, I, I yelled at my wife because she got Hulu, but she didn't spend the extra dollar not to have commercials. Oh, <laughs> I've been trying like like a motherfucker to log into her account like, and turn it off. What are you even paying for? Exactly. Like that's why I told her. I yeah. said, So you're paying for our DVR. <laughs> did you try your son's name as a password no oh. i know her password but I, for some reason the settings in hulu won't let me cancel her subscription oh they won't let you upgrade the subscription yeah i can't upgrade it it's pissing me they're off. making more money on commercials than they are on your dollar that's yeah. why Fuckers. like how we got them yeah 7.99 oh i guess it's two dollars 7.99 or 9.99 for no commercials yeah but, but like i said i don't know what you're paying for at 7.99 i told you my dvr Unle- unless you are watching Six episodes of eleven twenty two sixty three, and then you're done. Like, well, my wife likes the, the Handmaid's Tale or whatever the hell it is. You could watch oh. that documentary, Batman and Bill, which is awesome. Oh really no, good. I did download that. Oh, you can't download it. I did put that in the queue though. I didn't talk about it in my, what we've been watching, but it's really good. Yeah, mm. I mean, I did see that on there. It'll so make I you cry. Yeah. Uh, MSC three K is going to be touring around this summer. Um, yeah. Doing some some July some 18th mobile. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, you going? Uh, I'm, I got my tickets. Yeah. Cool. I hope I'll be there. I hope. Yeah. The, the weird thing is they don't get let you pick the exact seat. You get to pick a section, and then you're just the next one that's available, which is annoying. Hmm. Oh. So I had, like, when I got my tickets, it was, like, either the bottom, A, B, C, or the mezzanine, A, and B. And so I just picked A, and I think I'm the front row. I don't know. Where <laughs> Where is it at in Denver? The Paramount. Cool. Theater. Oh. All right. Sure, it's an okay place to watch a movie. You're not really there for the movie anyway, so yeah, it's forty or fifty dollars per ticket. Yeah, so. sure, but, it's yeah. not cheap. Hey, if it if but if it helps them like fund making another season, then you know, which is that I, what the tour's for? No, I have no. I'm oh. I'm guess. Anytime you're putting money in a bucket and that bucket is for a thing, I assume that it's f- so that you can make more of the thing, right? Like, get a, you want it to be a steady job. So, I'm just um, I'm I'm just curious as to why now all of a sudden like Joel. His whole enterprise is making merchandise. Like it's been around for twenty years, and only now they're like pushing, like T-shirt sales and touring. And yeah, I don't know. He's. Pr- he, I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe he's empowered by the return. Yeah, but there's there's a, a an influx of interest, and so it uh, it kind of makes some sense. Like, hey, yeah. why, why like, not capitalize and make some money while you got the, while you, while you have the chance? Yeah. So I'm just like they got a lot of money to do that show to begin with. Yeah, I mean, you could go kickstart another season. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know whether or not Netflix is interested in paying to make the the another season. 
but I don't know if people watch it. They will. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it twice just <laughs> to help. <laughs> oh, I've I've watched it probably more than that because I'll just like turn it on and fall asleep. Don't tell Netflix. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure it counts. Uh, Says the guy who's saying it on the internet. I'm just saying. Hey, 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 Netflix isn't listening. <laughs> There's a knock on the door. Hey, who are you? Netflix assassins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our, our one of, we, we really want this guy to be our friend Scott Derrickson. Uh, is set to direct the Snowpiercer TV show adaptation for TNT. Nice. Um, Snowpiercer's awesome. Yeah, I think that could be an interesting show. I don't know. Um, it depends on... I, I don't know that I watch anything on TNT, so... What's, nope. What's even Probably on? Not. Is there anything on TV? Watch baseball on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. We got a trailer for Young Sheldon. Moving on. Um, no. No. Back the fuck up. <laughs> Man, what a piece of shit that you is. You warned me it was garbage, and I don't like looking at garbage. And but I, I said, it to you. no, Zach, be open-minded. And you Rillers know what? Mantra. I'm never going to be open-minded ever again. <laughs> I can't believe well, how bad that thing looked. Oh, we should God. start taking bets on how fast shows get canceled. Oh, it won't get seasons. Oh, oh, it, it won't get canceled. Yeah, it won't. Really? It's That's gonna funny. make so much money because uh, it's uh, Sheldon, uh, but he's a kid. Yeah, they they took the bane of my existence and gave him a, the easiest job ever, <laughs> <laughs> like voiceover for a, a a bad TV show. Oh, so the uh, original Sheldon like does. Yeah, like he does. He does the How Wonder I Met Your years. Mother voiceover oh, for okay. it's the Wonder Years, but with Sheldon. And oh. then I put on gloves because I didn't like touching my brother. And he, he his voiceover work is awful. Oh, he's not. He's in the studio for a day. But the, he did that season. movie that, uh, like home, that animated movie, mm-hmm. and I'll never see it because I think his voice is irritating. <sighs> Sorry, Jim Parsons. Yeah, I don't even know that it's. A, uh, I bet that when he walked into the studio for them for that, they were like, "Hey, would you do Sheldon for this? We we only want Sheldon." Here's a dump truck full of money. It's like what 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 almost killed Nolan North's career. When he would just go in to do a video game and they'd be like, hey, can you just do Nathan Drake for this voice, please? <laughs> um, I bet it's not his fault. I bet he's really – I'm sure he's really talented. It's really too bad that he's anchored to that that piece of garbage. They keep on upping it. I think they signed on for two more seasons. It's on for 12 seasons. Oh, gosh. Someday it'll die. And then it'll start new. The only thing I liked that show, kid. it made the Bare Naked Ladies a lot of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do That's the theme right. song. Yeah. Uh, speaking of a lot of money, this week a man sued another w- uh, woman for seventeen dollars <laughs> because she talked while uh, talked and texted while they were or no, just really just texted. This um, man's a hero. <laughs> 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 um, I saw a bunch of things where people are like, "The guy is super immature," but no, I think he's it's, not. I it's, it's interesting he I, didn't just yell at her. <laughs> like, hey, don't do that. But no, he brought litigation against her. <laughs> he's like, I'm going home. I'm going to sue this woman for not just her ticket that I paid for, but mine. <laughs> it's a principle of the thing. It is principle. It's pretty great. That's awesome. Good it's for him. It's pretty great. Well, I'm just saying, like, some people are upset that he, oh, he's junking up the justice system with his frivolous lawsuit. No. No, he's not. He's making a stand. Yes. Mm-hmm. This one matters. <laughs> You're part of law enforcement. Wouldn't you agree? This is uh, well. This if, is a civil. Ma- this is a civil matter, so I don't get involved in if, those. If, if given the legal legal ramifications, would you arrest this woman for talking <laughs> during the yes. theater? Yes. Okay. If someone's talking in the theater, can I actually call you? <laughs> and like, obviously, it's completely ridiculous. But would you still have to respond? Uh, well, I mean, because it's like if I call it like a like a civil disturbance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, yeah. Sweet. 
Wow. <laughs> you heard it here first, talking in movie theater against the law. There was no, so much talking against the law. Last night. <laughs> <laughs> I have to respond upon. to calls, so. Yeah. I do this. What? All right. Show me a route oh. to the Alamo Draft House. We got to go to the Alamo. Why? My friend's just being annoying again. <laughs> yeah. So, Brad, Brad, what are you Paul bitching about today? <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> you just pull a gun on the person talking. Like, <laughs> you don't even. No, you, 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 let me see those hands! <laughs> <laughs> you don't even yell. You just go. Drop the phone. Alright. <laughs> Tom Hardy's gonna play Venom. Yep. So that's the world we live in today. Well, now it makes me like, ooh, maybe I should now I'm gonna have to be interested because I like Tom Hardy. Okay. Um, it means they're gonna do like the, they're, they're gonna do Venom with a backpack Venom. <laughs> yeah. Right? Maybe. I when I to, when I was talking to Andrew, he says they're not gonna make it. Relax. <laughs> oh, I mean that's fair. Yeah, you know it's entirely possible. But they're fast tracking the fuck out of it because they're trying to get out by October next year. Oh wow, that's wow, wow, man, that's gonna be awful. I think it's because they're they're intent on making that like villains cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah, because they're also talking about Black Cat and Silver Sable. So now, when is there going to be a story worth listening, like worth watching? Like, are they? Is there going to be a hero at any point? I I don't. I mean, I don't know how is they're the, going to make a Venom movie without Spider Man. He's but, like an antihero in the comics. Well, yeah, if, yeah, if they make him backpack Venom, been, yeah. Yeah. so he's more like a Deadpool thing. He's more like a yeah. Punisher, but with but with the darkness. Yeah, he's like yeah, Spider Punishers with Spider Man powers. Yeah, but that's not that. In the comics, he went back to Eddie Brock. So, oh, so they don't have that in the comics. Anymore. I don't know what they're gonna do. But oh, they cast Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. So, oh yeah, that's confusing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. well maybe it'll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you barely adopted the spider. Should be at rises. Yeah, I don't set off your spider sense. <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if he does. If like, if it's a movie without Spider-Man in it, and that's and at some point he just has to say like, "Well, one of my superpowers is I don't set off Spider-Man's spidey sense." It's not real useful. He's not around much. <laughs> they asked Kevin Feige about it, and he says, oh, "Venom's not in our movie. We don't care." <laughs> Good <laughs> was his yeah. basic response. A lot more PC than mine, but he's like, whatever. Wasn't there somebody recently who basically said that they think that the rights are going to go back to Marvel? Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man could, yeah. but Sony still owns the rights to all the characters. Right. So, well, unless Sony decides they're not going to make Spider-Man movies, then <sighs> Disney will have to pay out the butt probably for it. Maybe maybe what they'll do is they'll try to make a, a Sinister Six movie exactly like Suicide Squad, only with, like, not the Sinister Six. Hmm. Um, it'll just be, it'll be Black Hat and Venom and other characters in black suits. Yeah. Oh well. Sounds more like the ridiculous sex. Yeah. Wah wah. Speaking of Spider Man, his theme song is on the internet. Yeah. yeah it is. That was pretty good. Sounds yeah. like Giacchino's score. Yeah, yeah Michael Giacchino. I didn't know he was doing the new movie. I didn't know either. That's Not cool. Until I watched that clip. Yeah. Man. I, I wonder. In almost every Spider Man movie, though. It, it'd be kind of cool if he did that for the credits. That yeah, sounds like it's a credit thing. Yeah. Hopefully it's not just a studio thing because I would like a real recording of that. No, I think it is in every Spider-Man movie, in some form. Oh, really? Yeah, the like one lady plays it in the violin in Spider-Man Three. Well, yeah, I know the Aerosmith one is in the first one. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, his ringtone for Amazing Spider-Man is that. Oh, um, I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. I'll, I'll watch them again because they're releasing Legacy Collection still books at Best Buy, so I'll be getting them again. Wait, what? Yeah. Steelbook Spider-Man's? Yeah. And they're all, well, the ones they have, I don't know if they're the real ones, but they're pretty awesome online. 
Is it just the characters' faces? No, it's like blue uh, background. It's like Spidey doing Spider-Man stuff, and it's like a city in like gray and black in the background, but Spidey's in color. Cool. Looks pretty sweet. Is it like photographic or is it like Mondo art? Uh, like photographic. Oh. But those could just be mock-ups. I don't because everywhere else I click on them, they don't show up. So are they porting all the special features from the existing set? Yep. And I think they're gonna have new ones. I heard that there's gonna be like a Spider-Man 3.1. An hour of deleted scenes from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Cool. Wow. And in 4K, so they'll be all 4K. Is the deleted scenes going to have MJ in it? Maybe. Wow. The the five... You can already pre-order on Best Buy. The the five films on Steelbook and 4K is uh, $79 or something, $99, which isn't that bad. Cool. 20 bucks a movie for 4K. I'll be getting it. Anyways, what else we got? Oh, uh, that's it. Hey, speaking of movies, this was coming out on Blu-ray and UHD 4K. DVD releases and Blu-rays. My 4K copy of uh, of Logan just shipped today. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very did excited. You, did you get the Amazon one? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I just I just order things on Amazon. Yep, that's what <laughs> I do. Just curious. Well, you can't some you can't pre-order stuff Disney on there, so they're still like, yeah. mad at each other. Yeah. Don't worry, they'll get back together. Uh, it's been a long time this time. It's been pretty long this time. Yeah, but their stuff still syncs. So you still, like, if you sync the, the uh, like, the digital versions still mm-hmm. sync, which is cool. Because that's, that's my favorite thing about the Disney ones is that I can sync them with, I can get the digital version in my Amazon Prime yeah. box, you know. Um, Movies but, anywhere. I'm probably going to get yeah. the Steelbook, but the Target one has that uh, art book with all the photographs and production. Oh. Some toying with doing that one too but none of the editions have for the best poster which i think is the one where he's like running from like right to left and he's carrying laura in oh arms. yeah and it's like still like orange and black yeah yeah it was a good one uh speaking of a good one <laughs> just kidding uh the great wall is getting its 4k release this week i'm about to check that out i'm just so curious i want to know mm-hmm. i have to know but because nobody saw it right no no okay I feel like that was something that could have like popped up at a drive-in or something like that, but I think it was too early in the year. Yep. Um, yeah. Matt Damon. Get out! Yeah. You get out. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I should have pre-ordered that, too, because uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see that again. That's a good movie. They're, really they're good. turning movies really fast onto Blu-ray. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Logan came out March two months ago. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. if it's not in, in theaters anymore, they might as well capitalize on the buzz and yep. sell as many I copies so. as they can. Um, speaking of which, not really. Uh, My Life is a Zucchini is French. out on Blu-ray this week, which is the is it French? I can't remember claymation animated movie that was nominated for Best Animated Feature. It's got Will Forte and Nick Offerman and Ellen Page and Amy Sedaris in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some small clay people. Maybe check that out if it's a thing that you like. Uh, Call the Midwife Season 6 is a thing some people like, so maybe buy that. What is Vixen? Anybody know who Vixen it's is? It's a DC, DC character. Yeah. But you, she looks like uh, she looks like Lady Black Cat. Or La- Lady, La- Lady Black Panther. Vixen is not the most famous reindeer of all. Well, she, <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she's getting a DC animated movie this week cool. that also has the Flash and the green... Arrow, Green Arrow. I was about to say the yeah. Arrow guy, uh, and the Green Arrow in it. The arrow so, guy. if you like those, check that out. Maybe I don't know. Arrow guy. It might be interesting movie. just because it's a character I don't know. Like you know, maybe, maybe Vixen is badass. I don't know. I don't know. How I don't could know a person her. know? 
speaking of knowing better, uh, Othello is getting a Criterion edition this week, um, which is the Orson Welles one where he wears a lot of black paint. It's not awkward at all. It's it's an interesting thing. I might <laughs> I might talk about it someday. Yeah. <laughs> um, Orson Welles was an interesting fat man. <laughs> Mistakes were made. Sometimes things are still good, mm-hmm. but. Um, Parmesan wine. Yeah, that's why we got Zach. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Um, Are you listening, Mom? <laughs> not as risque as it could be. XX is out this week on Blu-ray. Uh, this no, is just missed the mark by one X. <laughs> <laughs> this is some magnet release. Uh, oh, uh, uh, gorgeously dark and twisted. Fans of horror should be delighted. Well, good for them. Um, sounds like it right my alley, but I don't believe that. It's a, it's a, the cover is just like, like lipstick kiss on the box, but there's a skull in it. Oh shit. I know. It's like death. Uh, the funny farm is getting a Blu-ray release this week, uh, starring Howie Mandel and Howie Mandel's hair Mm. and his very clean hands. (laughs) Um, Cops versus Thugs is getting a uh, Arrow release this week. I have no idea what this is. It looks Neither like it's animated, do I, but uh, that title sounds fun. Yeah, it looks like some kind of animated movie where a bunch of guys who all look the same fight each other. Uh, but one's a cop and the other's a thug. It's a Kinji Fukasaku, Fukasaku movie. I think I'm supposed to know that name. I'm probably not good at my job. The Vagrant is coming out from Screen Factory this week, starring Bill Paxton. He's screaming on the cover. I know he looks. He's doing no! his. He's doing his. Uh, his Home Alone impersonation, and it's pretty great. Uh, meanwhile, in the background, a guy opens a door. I think it's a pirate. No, I think no, it's a musketeer. No, it's a vagrant. No, 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 no. Look at the silhouette. That's a musketeer. Look at that. Look at that skirt. It it's a musketeer. Like yeah. Oh no. Uh, D'Artagnan is here to steal my stuff. Uh, he's not Home Alone. Is the tagline. Uh, so maybe pick that up. Did, did you pre-order the Vagrant? I did not. Uh, those Screen Factory. Sometimes I wait till they're like on sale before I get them because I don't know anything about them. Sure. I mean, unless it's the naked cage, then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, boobs or packs, <coughs> boobs or Bill. <laughs> I, I just don't know anymore, Laura. <laughs> uh, Hacko Lantern is getting a release this week. Not uh, this is from somebody. I can't. I can't read the. The imprint. Oh, Massacre Video? It took a minute to sink in. Hack-O-Lantern. Hack-O-Lantern. <laughs> That's adorable. Um, I think it's a movie where it's Halloween and some kind of Wolverine-esque augmented Sasquatch is killing people's pumpkins? Uh, the Hack-O-Lantern. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Well, we, he's cl- there's, <laughs> there's three blades, kind of like Wolverine, and he clearly looks like a Sasquatch man. He does. Um, Maybe it's a Sasquatch who eats jack-o'-lanterns and he hacks them up. Oh shit! This this alternate cover is awesome. There's the a woman world where jack-o'-lanterns <laughs> live in peace and harmony in the forest. Oh, oh shit! Some kind of cave woman, and she is, I think, either a, she's either singing or a stripper, or she just has a pole and she's holding the head like somebody's head, but the the head has no neck hole. It's just a head. Yep. Um. So that's interesting. Hack-o'-lantern. <laughs> High Park in Hack-O-Lantern. My number 10 uh, for Film Explosion is Hack-O-Lantern. My, yes. my second to last uh, favorite re- release this week is Max 2, White House Hero, uh, which I'm assuming is exactly like Olympus Has Fallen, only with a dog. I hope the dog stabs people in the neck a lot. And it's um, voiced by Gerard Butler. <laughs> but the, the absolute best release this week, based solely on the cover, is Wolf Guy, 
from Arrow. Uh, this is a movie where a guy in a robe <laughs> holds his heart like it's going to fall out of his chest and also has a gun and just looks intense. Wolf guy. Who are you? From I'm a wolf guy. <laughs> hey, what's up, wolf guy? <laughs> um, this cover is awesome. Howling by. Oh, my goodness. He's got he's got a he's got a really nice uh, sweater on underneath this robe. <laughs> Maybe that's somebody else's hand that's reaching over and grabbing that that like the intestines yeah, or whatever. Like, you know, it's his left hand. Weird. What is happening in this cover? Ryan, I need you to watch Wolf Guy and tell me what the hell okay, is going well, on. Okay, if you want to give me thirty-five dollars for Arrow Video oh, Blu-rays, shit. that uh, the check's in the mail. All right, done. <laughs> this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Alien Covenant, Brad. Did you see Alien Covenant? I did. Should people go see Alien Covenant? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's. It feels like. Like I. I. I liked it more than Prometheus, but I still feel like it's two movies that you. don't go well together. Zach, did I like Prometheus to Electric Boogaloo? Um, just keep running that joke into the ground. I will. <laughs> I will. And no one's laughing. I know. That's fine. It's just for me. <laughs> I wish you could live in my head for a day. Um, uh, I, yeah, like it's weird. This, I, I like this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to, but that's not saying much because I'm not the world's biggest alien fan. Um, yeah, if you want to have a fun time at the movies that also features flute playing, then go. James? Uh, yeah, this movie proves that I'm right and that Prometheus is, is really interesting uh, and that the movie, every like all the complaints about Prometheus are wrong because this seems like the sequel people say they wanted or the prequel that people say they wanted that is actually not that interesting once it's over. Um, I think it's fine. I think it's inter- like if you want to see a movie with some alien in it, like yeah. it's got xenomorphs and other things in it and uh, there's some, some neat bits. Um, but I, once it's over, it just sort of leaves me kind of cold and I'm like, oh, okay, well it's not, you end up, it's got a lot of prequel itis where when the movie's over, the only conversations to be had are how it leads to alien. And that's not that interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think it, I, I had a good time with it. I will probably buy it and, and watch it again. Um, I don't think you should necessarily avoid it if you're if you're like me and you're really into this. Um, but it's definitely not as good as what I would hope a Prometheus sequel would be. So, uh, I guess I'm kind of alone in here. I actually thought it was really interesting and I thought the movie was really good. I I don't think it suffers from the prequelitis because it still doesn't. There's still a, such a huge gap from here to Alien mm-hmm. that it's still a lot to be explained. Because uh, I mean, we'll get into spoilers when we talk about it, but um, I, I think. Michael Fassbender is great in this movie. Yep. Um, yeah, because he's. Uh, is it? Maybe it is. Oh, I'll talk about. Yeah, it later. I wouldn't uh, say the it, thing. Yeah, yeah, so he's really great in it. Uh, I think it builds tension really well, where it starts uh, uh, slow, and it reminds me a lot of the first Alien, where it's not about getting to the scares; it's about how they arrive to what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I, I think it works really well. Um, Here's a trailer. I don't want to talk about it too much because of spoilers. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, so here's a trailer for Alien Covenant. You sure about this, Captain? 
How do you mean? We don't know what the fuck's out there. I would say before we go too far that this is a movie that if you're somewhat interested, which I think if you're somewhat interested, you should see it. Um, you shouldn't let this get spoiled for you because yeah. some of the reveals, if you're into this stuff like I am, some of the reveals are pretty cool. There so. are parts of this film that felt like he tried to reboot Prometheus to a degree, but to dumb it <sighs> yeah. down so then that way people who didn't like Prometheus could get their alien fix. I don't know. like It just... There's a weird balance to this movie that I don't think it works, but it, I'll, at the same time, I'm like, I'm noticing some cracks here. See, I, I, I actually think it's a nice continuation where I do think it'd be cool to have. Uh, I always thought it'd be cool for <laughs> the sequel to Prometheus actually take place with Elizabeth Shaw and David yeah. um, on a ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then get to wherever they're going and then it goes from there. Yeah. Uh, I thought it started really interesting with uh, David talking with Wayland, and they're trying to. Uh, yeah, that seems great. Uh, he's basically telling him that he was created, and he's asking him, "Well, who created you?" And it, it that scene at the beginning is like, "Oh, it's really fascinating," and Michael Fassbender is great in it, but uh, it sets up his spoilers. It sets up his character later on in the film. Yeah, where he he's kind of so advanced that he thinks on a different level than everybody else. And uh, it, it's really fascinating to me. And I think it's in, one of the things that I do think is worth sort of pondering afterwards is, you know, David is sort of presented. And I, I love the character of David. Um, I love that he shows up in this movie again. Um, and I think he's the scariest part of the movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but the uh, one of the things that I do think is pretty interesting to think about is he's presented as like this ultimate synthetic person where you know even he sort of tells walter or you know even, even even walter basically says like you know hey um i i i don't have some of the things that you have because people were creeped out by you and so you kind of get this assumption that like oh well he's better like he's the version that's really pure and is like creative and stuff like that and that may not be true like it it may be that he's super broken because he's a prototype yeah um and that makes his character, I think, pretty pretty interesting. It's because he's in the in Prometheus. He is pretty interesting, anyways. Oh yeah, because he's not. I mean, my wife couldn't really remember, but he's not really a good guy in Prometheus either. Nope. That's what I was trying to remember. Um, oh no! Like, and then I, I read something he's online that bad. talked about how he was <coughs> fiddling with the ship. Like I haven't seen it since the theater. Yeah. Um. So, it, but yeah, now that I, I'm reminded of it, yeah, he was kind of this gray area. It's part of why that ending is so cool, or the idea of Elizabeth Shaw and and a robot head flying through space is a really cool idea, is because there is this great tension there because she doesn't understand that he is at the heart of everything that went wrong. Yeah. Like, with the exception of the fact that, hey, when the engineers wake up, they're not great guys. Um, other than that, pretty much everything that goes wrong is kind of his fault. Uh, I mean, he 
she has her weird space abortion because of him. Um, and so that's why when, when they bring that character back around in this one, I was like, oh, good. Uh, and he yeah. is crazy as hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, what's great is in it. So, I mean, the setup is, is I guess it's in the trailer. These uh, people are trying to colonize a different planet. Something goes wrong with James Franco. and I didn't know he was in the movie. I did. <laughs> I didn't know he was not in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> James Franco dies in like the first 10 minutes of the movie. That's James so Franco weird. technically never in the movie. Like, oh, he's in the iPad. Yeah, well, that's, but that's what I mean. Like, he's never present in the film. Yeah. So, uh, I... <laughs> So they decide that they don't want to go back in the hyperbaric chambers because, uh, well, they get a they get a signal. Yeah, well, so they they, they haven't necessarily decided, but they are they are it's still long to go check out this this signal because they kind of don't want to go to where they're going. Yeah, um, and which I think is good. Like that yeah. whole first section, I think is solid. Yeah, and the signal is John Denver's country road, uh, which makes the trailer make more sense. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they go to this planet, and there's you know, uh, human crops there, mm-hmm. but it's otherwise dead. And <laughs> it, it's really, it's, it's really fascinating. Uh, cause there's still some uh, mysteries. I, you know, David shows up, which Tim and Walter together. I, Michael Fassbender is such a great actor. So Two totally different guys playing oh. opposite each other. And he's like making out with himself. It's like the ultimate actor's dream. I, I, I I, I just wanted to call this week's episode Michael Fassbender's self love. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I mean that whole first section when they when they're still on the ship. I I love his performance just because I I know the David performance so well and the fact that it is like you can see all the choices oh, that he's yeah. making to make Walter a very different character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he has that weird accent like he can't yeah. place. Well, and he kind of doesn't give a shit in the first part. Like he's oh, like yeah, when he doesn't like getting... his job. He's kind of an asshole. By comparison to David, that is like, I mean, he wants to be Peter O'Toole, and like all mm-hmm. of these things about David are very striking. Mm-hmm. And Walter is just like, meh. Yeah. You know, he likes uh, he likes Daniels, but everybody else can screw. And it is interesting, too, when uh, I think they call them the Neomorphs, they attack. Yeah. And he just sits there. Yeah. Until something's about to happen to Daniels, and he steps in. Right. But other than that, he's like, whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he literally just sits there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. The, the Neomorphs make more sense now i mean it's and i it's spoilers for later on in the movie you know it's funny because i actually think they make less sense now but (laughs) uh, but uh david unleashes this plague yeah on the engineers which we learned from the prometheus they're affected by spores or something yeah uh and he's so his whole plan is he's trying to create something that's perfect which gives birth to the xenomorphs. Yeah. Which is is really fascinating. It's really disturbing when you see his layers yeah. of character and layers of inside the of madness. Of madness. And I mean yeah. you already knew kind of something was up with him. I mean, obviously if oh, you've yeah. seen Prometheus, but Yeah. Uh you know, it's shocking seeing Elizabeth Shaw all dissected. Yeah. And so he just killed her. With a with a with a crazy thing what flew out of his mouth. It's yeah. weird that like the two guys who get the neomorphs die differently, right? So one mm-hmm. gets the back burster, yeah. which is pretty creepy when that thing sort of flops out and the corpse falls over. And then the other guy gets the like weird worm flops out of his neck thing. Yeah, because he that still hasn't perfected what... him yet. Yeah. So yeah, right. Um. Uh, so it, and as his plan starts unfolding, you already know something's not right with him, as you start to see that he purposely lures them there so he can give birth to the xenomorphs. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's it's the film is really interesting. I think it raises a lot of questions about creation and 
who makes you and but apparently really scott thinks scientists are fucking stupid <laughs> you know but i think that's way less like that's a good complaint for prometheus but here these people aren't this isn't a They're scientific still smart expedition. enough to run like a gigantic scientific ship i mean yeah but when do they by compare at least i can say by comparison they don't make that many super stupid decisions they're like you know the, they're the like things walking that, onto a like oh well the computer said the planet's okay so i'm just not gonna wear a helmet well but <laughs> if the computer says the planet's okay like uh um, it's just like you're yeah, really gonna well, trust she protested officially yeah yeah um but still like you'd think your first steps off the ship you'd like okay well let's see what the helmet sensors say first and yeah. then it's one more reason why prometheus is better absolutely and then uh, the ship itself uh like they have the little containers for all the passengers, and they're just like not secured. Like, what kind of design is that? They're secured. <laughs> they get hit with like a fucking plasma shake thing. Yeah, but then they just shake around, and like bump into each other, and like five people die. <laughs> it's bad. The effect is <laughs> it's a terrible to be that design. It's bad. Um, Whoever designed that ship? <laughs> I think they're on rails because I think like when they get released, they're like, like on they... coat hangers. Yeah, in the closet. Well, yeah, because they didn't pay. I mean, it's just like. Uh... You know, are you first class? Or are you just a... That's right. That was coach, man. Yeah, that's coach. <laughs> In coach, sometimes you fall and die. <laughs> and then um, uh, David... Oh, that's a good point. He creates a stone memorial square for Elizabeth Shaw, and then her name's like cut in Times New Roman perfectly into the stone. Like, Hey, he's a robot. He's good at things. I guess. I, I guess you could do that perfectly. In well, remember, years. too, the engineers are that part only civilization. Does, that part only doesn't make sense because... Her body's also lying in one of well, the rooms. No, it's part of his deception. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, he's like, oh, and I better make a stone tablet. He's also malfunctioning really bad and out of his mind. Yeah. Like, and he, also, I mean, he's the one who sent that signal. That wasn't Elizabeth Shaw singing. Right. He manipulated everything. Yeah. So he knew if he eventually, and he just had because, to buy his time. Yeah. He was just waiting because he's like, man, I can't keep doing my weird experiments because I don't have enough bodies. Yeah. And there's parts where like he harvests the new xenomorph, and then it cuts to a scene where, you know, the xenomorphs immediately go around murdering people. But then Daniels like has a scene with David, who like in this other room, and like the xenomorphs just hiding out. Like, what do you mean? Later yeah. on in the movie, after he harvests uh, out of Billy Crudup, like the xenomorph yeah. comes out, and like you'd think it would just go on a rampage, killing everyone that's nearby. But then there's like time out where david can just talk to daniels it grows up the xenomorph is, is spending the time growing up so that it's not like a, a baby xenomorph okay it's it's not as good it's just I mean, not. every other baby xenomorph i watched in the movie just killed it like immediately so. this one was yeah, going through an awkward phase yeah it's part of why i actually think the the xenomorphs as somebody who has spent a lot of time thinking about this i think they actually make less sense now because like in this one it it grows up really fast in a weird way, and it it also apparently can put its like the face hugger isn't on the guy from the bridge as long the the show the bridge not the bridge of the ship uh, the guy the bearded guy uh, whose husband dies um, yeah uh, but also the guy whose face get, gets melted there's right? a si mm -hmm. oh so spoilers I mean I I knew it wasn't <laughs> Walter who came. I mean, oh I, yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't hidden well enough. No, yeah, but he also spent obvious. time with that guy alone, so maybe he. Yeah, he it was also something. possible that that he, you know Walter just went crazy. But no, I mean no, he. Uh, I mean it's David, but yeah. like he, the dude who brought the xenomorph onto the ship, 
Like he was, yes. remember, he was alone with David, so David could have. Yes, my, my point is more that the facehugger wasn't on that guy for very long. Yeah. Whereas, like, traditionally, a facehugger is on you for a while, keeps you alive while it gestates in your chest. Oh, the other guy. Okay, yeah, okay, right. Okay. Like, when he, so, so the, when, when Billy Crudup gets it, it's on him for a while, and then Billy, and then he wakes up Billy Crudup after it's fallen off. Oh, yeah, no, but I mean, uh, I'm talking about that David could have implanted a xenomorph into that guy, into Damien Bashir. Yeah, because he was alone with him. Oh yeah! Remember, because he even took off the wound. Oh, that's maybe, true. Maybe shoved it in his mouth. Oh, I see. Like maybe on the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Okay, yeah. but sure. Yeah, that's another problem yeah. I have with the movie. Is there, like there's like weird gaps in time and like people's locations, and they're like all just convenience for these scenes. Yeah, it feels it just like felt it's very jamming. sloppy to me. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, again, I still really I like it. I think it's probably my th- third favorite alien movie. No, yeah. I have fun. I, th- I mean, I think the yeah. the I think the, it's scary when it's trying to be scary. Oh yeah, but the, like uh, there's like half baked <sighs> ideas with Billy Crudup. Like there's like there's yes. a, a faith angle that never gets to go anywhere. Well, that frustrated yeah. me. I think I think that th- with that, it seems like there's cuts in the film. Yeah. that were had they probably forced him to make because it's already two and a half hours almost, and it's not un- for Ridley Scott. It, I wouldn't be surprised if a really awesome extended cut of this movie comes out oh yeah um and i, I mean i yeah, right i think that when the neomorphs like get out and stuff i think it's pretty scary and i think it's like the tension is pretty great and when that one like whips his tail and cuts that guy's jaw off. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that's sweet uh not not seriously not a joke i think the scariest scene in the movie is the flute scene because oh, i was yeah. just mm-hmm. waiting for him for to the, stab yeah. him in the face yeah. with a flute uh-huh. <laughs> like if if I had a complaint, it's that those two scenes should be one. Mm. Like he should be playing the flute. And he comes in, teaches him the flute, and then stabs him in the face with it. You know, so like the fact that those two scenes are separated almost lessens the impact when it finally happens. Yeah, um, so pretty, like it's still great. You're like, whoa, yeah. Um, and you know he's not dead because a robot's not really dead until it goes batshit crazy and sprays milk all over the room. Yeah, yeah. Well, then they show you his neck repairing. So you're like, yeah, yeah, he's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> I think that on the one hand, I love this as an alien movie, but I didn't love it as a Prometheus sequel. Does that make sense? I did, this actually made me appreciate Prometheus a lot more for what I it does try to do. Yeah. But as an alien movie, this was fun. Like I, I, I actually liked it. Was it was a little weird when I first saw it in the trailer, but when like when they're trying to get them uh, off the planet. And um, the xenomorph like comes down and just starts bashing his head against the window. Like it's <laughs> it's, it's lit in such a way where it's not quite bright, but I can still see the detail in the creature. Like yeah. so, where I'm actually impressed by it and like terrified by it. Yeah. But like, because when I saw it in the trailer, they must have not finished the color correction. Oh, never. Because it looked like too bright, but here in the projection at the Alamo it looked fine. Yeah, it, I, you know, I only had one complaint with the whole film. And I so watching it, you know right away that it's David coming to the ship. Like yeah. I didn't buy for one second that oh, Walter yeah. escaped. It's an awkward yeah. cut with when they reveal that he's well, coming out of that. The and two, and you need two, more he, drama. I'm pretty yeah. sure he cut off the wrong hand. And no, 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 no. no it's the right hand. He cut off the right hand. It's yeah. the right. Hand. Okay, but anyways, so my only complaint is Daniels is certain there's something wrong with him. Certain yes. she has that scene where she's stapling his face and she yeah. feels like something's wrong. Yeah. And then she gets in the sleep pod anyways. Yeah. That's my one complaint. I, she sets up as a smart lady throughout of it. 
she disagrees oh. with the the original. Now, uh, now you really rubbed me the wrong way because now you also just made, re- pointed out that this is a movie where the woman ends up being like weak at the end. Yeah, like she she, she makes the, the whole movie. She makes the wrong choice. Yeah, like I, I like for number one, she's she and Tennessee are the only names I remember of the crew, and then two, I felt like like I just didn't feel invested. Like yeah, she lost her husband at the beginning, but yeah. like I had no attachment to james franco either so it's like it's just like it's trying to get there so fast yeah. that it doesn't earn it yeah there's a really long cut of this movie somewhere but yeah that is my Everything only issue with that. the movie yeah is you know she she disagrees with going to that planet yeah she's smart enough to know this stuff she's smart enough but then at the end she's like okay i'll get in the sleep pod yeah i freaking love that my favorite scene in the movie other than the flute scene was when he goes don't let the bed bugs bite and I was like, "Oh, that's no." I mean, the, 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 it's creepy when he's talking to her, but oh, yeah. to me, it's like, yeah, she seems it, it, so smart. Yeah, then, it seems like a weakness in the character. Yeah. yeah, but like the visual aesthetic of it, and like how she's like banging against the oh yeah, no, it, it, door. It, I'm no, like, oh, so this is that, creepy. It may not be well written, but it's creepy. <laughs> that's part of why I say that. Like, oh, the the weakest part of this for me is that it's an alien prequel and feels like prequelitis. Is because I spend the I spend too much of the movie. Thinking like knowing it has to go a certain way, right? Like I know because now when you're telling me, oh, this David created the actual xenomorph, it means David has to win and has to get the xenomorph off this planet, and the xenomorph that we understand and know has to move on. Whereas, like Prometheus has actually no effect on Alien as a film. Um, and so when it's over, you don't actually, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect right? Alien other than incidentally. Right. Whereas here, when you watch Alien, you're like, oh, it's the, mo- how did the egg get to this ship? And right. So at the end, I know it has to be David because I know that specific xenomorph has to move forward. Um, and that part, like, that's where I mean, like, oh, okay, this, that takes away from the movie for me. Um, because the, the, the chaos uh, that's possible in Prometheus isn't possible here. Um, which is too bad. Another interesting thing. Um, so at the beginning of the review, I said, like, I like these as separate movies. Like I like the David and like androids against each other movie. And then (laughs) the alien, like being a separate movie. Yeah. But one of the writers on this is John Logan and he co-wrote. No, actually I think he wrote all of Star Trek nemesis. And so he wrote the data and before idea. Um, so he really like likes a superior when... android, like yeah, yeah, which is kind of stupidly not a data and lore story, which is basically what this Walter and David story is. Yeah, from Star Trek: Next Generation, um, he is a co-writer on this movie, Alien Covenant. Huh. So I'm like, interesting. Take an old script and like shove it <laughs> in Ridley Scott's face. Because <laughs> Ridley Scott's like, uh, hey, so I have this idea. It's and give called... it to a better actor. What? It's what? called my Alien script, Nemesis. My script for Nemesis didn't turn out great, but I really love the idea. Would you be willing to work it into Well, based on the way you described Yordorowsky's Dune to me, it sounds like that's the same situation. Yeah, exactly. This guy keeps keeps trying to get Nemesis made right. Yeah. Are you looking um, it up? Yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, he also wrote, like, Gladiator and stuff. So yeah. He's, you know. So he's, he's, yeah, he's in the Ridley Scott wheelhouse. Yeah, he's not... But no, still, like, this guy's not a hack. He wrote the Aviator. The two Android things. It's like God, there was so condescension in your voice. No, not at all. Okay, I hope not. not. Aviator yeah. is a good movie. Yeah, he wrote Star Trek Nemesis. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, he worked with Brent Spiner because that was like the big 
push for Nemesis was to kill off Data. Yeah. In a satisfying way. That wasn't that satisfying. Yeah. It was kind of <laughs> kill Data. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Um, more like kill franchise. <laughs> so that's too bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what else was there? I don't know. Um, yeah. I think the Xenomorph looks pretty good. No, it looks great. I like when it kills those people in the shower. Yeah. yeah. I felt like a CGI the whole time. Oh, it totally was. I don't think well, there's a, there's I don't a like couple times anywhere. actually when he was I think when he was walking in the bay, it looked like it was a dude in a suit. Oh, yeah, there's a dude in a suit. Yeah. Yeah. Um when but, they're trying to set it up and send it out into space. Yeah. There's a couple shots like through things that looks like it's a dude in a suit Maybe, for yeah. sure. It's yeah. still it's still in the daylight. I mean, this movie's not alien. Like this isn't there's a monster in the dark. Right. Um which we know he learned the lesson cuz he cut I was talking beforehand, but you know, the like there's there's actual footage out there of the alien attacks in Alien that got cut because the it looks silly when it walks in on its high oh you know on all fours and attacks a lady um like he cut it because in a Jaws esque way like seeing the alien takes away from the alien this he's not I mean he's showing you the alien and he's like it's gonna I mean it's right grain everybody's head you can't yeah um and because the sequels show you the alien so much that. It's not that scary. Anymore. Well, I know the aliens. I think are such in pop culture. I mean, yeah. Besides alien, they fought predators. <laughs> the truth is, I think the neomorph is the scariest that the alien ever gets in this movie because that that scene when it kills the woman whose head ends up floating a lot, um, like when it just shows up behind the, or behind her and just stands there and looks at her for a while and then pounces. Like that was the scariest mm. uh, for me. Um, that they the cut to got. that insert of her head floating way too much. <laughs> like that, look at how good this head in the water looks, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, did I, you I, see that? I saw it at least like at three or four times. I'm like, you are overusing the shot. Rubens. Yeah, but it looked like a good head. I I would almost believe that that's just her in the water, and they were like, just put her in the in the water, and then we <laughs> won't see them. Build the tank sometimes. around her head. I, I, I do love because it. it looks uh, so good that you mentioned that. I, I do love the arrogance of David. Where he's like, you're going to tell me what the fuck is going on. Okay, Captain, right this way. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'll show you. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, he was setting him up for the, right. the Xenomorph, but it's still great. He's like, but yeah, he also, yeah, yeah. He, he, well, it's almost because he's proud of it. He's yeah. like, yeah, dude, what I made this thing. It's for? awesome. Mother. <laughs> just wait till it bursts out of your chest. You're going to love it. It's so cool. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. Uh, next week's on Real Nerds Podcast, we're seeing Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Tales. Yeah. From the Contiki directors. I'm hearing it might be good. I've, I've heard it's good. People are liking Wonder Woman, too. I've been hearing that. <gasps> oh, man. Maybe, uh, maybe. Who's, the, uh, who's the founder of Slash Film? Uh, Peter Sreda. He Did he it. like it? Yeah. All right. That makes me feel better. No one else on, on Slash Film was very smart, but he's really good. <laughs> uh, well, except for that guy. What was his name? Uh, Matthew Monagle, okay, who, just, who wrote an article this week about how Prometheus might be the, uh, the boldest science fiction movie in a long time. And he's right. Um, yeah, not bold enough to make your top ten of movies we saw during this podcast. Hey, that was a rough list to make. <laughs> but there's a rock movie coming out next week too. So are you skipping that? <sighs> you beaches ain't ready. Mm. That movie well, that comes out too? on Wednesday, I think. Oh yeah, that's right. We don't see movies come out on Wednesday. <laughs> we never double up on movies ever. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh man. Yeah, it's it's. The, I, I was reading an article watch. about how this year they're not going to have like a record-breaking summer. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling that they're really cannibalizing themselves because yeah. so Baywatch is so Alien Covenant, then Baywatch, then Pirates, and then you're going to go right into Wonder Woman, and it's just like wow. Yeah. It's just, I was looking at the schedule. There's, it's I don't know if it's in August or July. There's five movies that come out nationwide at one point, 
and then next week there's one. Like what? That doesn't even make any sense at all. Yeah. So, whatever. Weird. July's gonna light it belong to Spider Man, anyways. One does. I can see the argument that Baywatch and Pirates don't hit necessarily the same argument or the same audience, right? But they both um, exist on the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking more that. Uh, so I think uh, like Alien's gonna get lost. Yeah. You know, one of those movies is going to get lost. Totally. Oh, or two. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, does if Pirates is the best Pirates sequel, does it eat Wonder Woman's lunch? It might. Too many movies coming out. Yeah. They got to space, space them out more. I understand, you know, well, summer movie, everyone's out of school. It, so we could. It could even be a recipe for disaster if there's enough people who saw Batman, Superman, and Suicide Squad and are out. And so when when the choice comes between seeing a pirates movie that they hear is really good and seeing Wonder Woman, even if they're hearing it's good, but you know having been more recently burned, yeah, oh. so, yeah, there's Wonder Woman and then there's the Mummy right after Wonder Woman. Yeah, the Mummy. Well, but the Mummy's already selling really well. Did you yeah. hear that they're tracking a forty million dollar opening? Yeah, for the yeah. Mummy. Yeah, and they were like, it's the same as when Stephen Summers' Mummy opened up at forty million. I'm like. Yeah, but there's something well, called inflation. They're all well. They're right. also thinking it's going to yeah. open more because they're starting to ramp up. Like yeah, and when you know when Tom Cruise gets out there and stuff, and he's like, "No, guys, really, it's good. The trailers are just bad, man. It's all right." The new last trailer is actually pretty good. I, I, mm. I at this point, trailers can't really sell me on a movie. It's the movie itself is going to sell oh, me. Yeah. On the movie. and they have to oh, sell yeah. movies differently now. Yeah, it's, oh, it's yeah. strange. Like I, I don't mind them playing the song "Paint It Black" for a mummy movie, but. I don't know. It's like I don't know what this movie wants to be based off the trailer. I'm really hoping that it's kind of like a horror movie with a little bit of action. Well, that's about Tom Cruise. Well, when I say Tom Cruise, that's what he posted on his Facebook account that it's a horror action movie. That's what I want. That's all I want, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I want my monsters to hey, be hey, somewhat hey. scary again. Hey, let me ask you this question. Name a bad Tom Cruise movie. That's true. There but, you go. But but but. Tom Cruise won't be in the Invisible Man movie, and th- so I'm looking into the future, and the future doesn't look that. Maybe bright. he's the Van Helsing. Th- I hope so, because he can't die, so he's the superhero of he's it. He's not. If you look at IMDb, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe he is the Van Helsing type character, where he can't die. Because remember, he died in the he died in the plane crash in the trailer, and he walks well, away. Well, they're saying Russell Crowe is going to be the Nick Fury esque character, and then you know. He'll keep uh, he'll keep fighting different monsters. Speaking of yep. which, did was there? I so I walked out. Was there a post credit sequence in Alien Covenant where Nick Fury asked David to join Dark Avengers? No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I I could have stood for a scene where that's what I hated. How come? Okay. All right. I like I like the engineers and think they're kind of cool. How come they live on a planet where they're all like? 16th century peasant farmers like when we see them all in that thing and you're like they're all wearing rags and i thought they were giants but their ashes are human sized uh, i think that's just because they get like you know they're not super i mean they're they're a little bit big but it is weird i feel like they're not as big as they're supposed to be mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i did have that thought too but it was kind of weird because I I was really looking forward to seeing well engineer planet because he killed it all yeah, well, but we have those shots where it's like, oh, you just look, you look like Bajorans. That's disappointing. Well, they don't have cotton and dye like we do, James. <laughs> <laughs> it's also an entire uh, planet of white people. Some well. What's really Scott trying to say? <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Like only yeah. white men the, can have an advanced society. And then the Aryan-looking guy drops a bomb and kills them all. Yep. Um, white on white crime. So yeah, Cars <laughs> 3 is after The Mummy. Yep. Oh. And then Transformers 5. And then yeah. Baby Driver. Oh, Baby Driver's going to be awesome. And then yeah, Spider-Man. Man, Transformers yeah. is going to oh, be awesome. Oh, and then Planet of the Apes. Spidey. Oh, man. And then this Dunkirk. Is... And then oh, shit, that Dunkirk trailer looks awesome. Every time I see the poster for War for the Planet of the Apes that just says war on it, I just start going, what is it good for? <laughs> <laughs> what makes me excited is they're already they're already tracking like pre-things for Spider-Man, like $150 million. Nice. Yeah. Well, because it has Tony Stark in it. Marvel movies do well. Yep. And then you had Spidey. Especially when they're like, when you've already proven the character. It's actually really smart. Like, prove the character in another movie people are going to go see. And then, make, yeah, like, a, un, unlike uh, you know Doctor Strange, where you've got to convince them in a first movie and convince them to come see it, like if you've already convinced them they like Black Panther and they like this new Spider-Man, like dude, it's it's well, in that, the bag. And Spider-Man's already a really popular character. They just need, yeah, but you know need, what I mean. Yeah, no, they like, need to find his way again. You, <sighs> you you turn the movies you have into marketing for other movies. There's it's a, brilliant. I forgot to share. There's a great article on the Hollywood Reporter about it's also it. Evil about how how smart Marvel is, and you know, how they connect. And it's like, oh, well, you know, in Doctor Strange, he was mentioned before. Like, in, oh, was it Winter Soldier? He's mentioned in Winter Soldier. Yeah. And so people are like, oh, Doctor Strange. Oh, I know him. And then like, oh, we're going to put Thor in the end of Doctor Strange. So, you know, Doctor Strange teams up with Thor and Ragnarok. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you're going to have all those things happen. Yeah. They're all friends from work, guys. Yep. He's a friend from work. Great. Yep. Cool. Next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> Real Nerds Podcast is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. The Real Nerds would like to thank the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now open in Sloan's Lake. We also would like to thank Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, especially Andrew. Our music has been brought to you by Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios. And of course, thanks to James's mother, our most loyal listener. Have a nice day.